Four is the error on the internet. That's why I went with that. Oh, you're very funny. Uh, okay, we're live on all platforms. If you're listening on the rant right now, do me a favor. Go on your Twitter and tweet at Wizards Podcast. I don't think anybody listens on the rant. Me and Tony uh, kind of have this going. What? This we're is, doing this I'm again? Not, no, no. I'm not slamming the rant. We're very grateful that they give us a platform to broadcast our program live every Monday night. But I'm not sure how many people listen to internet radio in 2021. I would think that a lot of people do. Like, I know when Turnbuckle Throwbacks is on Fridays, a lot of people join in the chat room there. Those are called sympathy listens. Wow. You do that to our boy Jay? How dare you? Look, Jay is just collateral damage at this point. All right. I thought Choppy was collateral damage. No, Choppy is... Uh, Chubby's feet are collateral damage. <laughs> fucking ghoul. He should have been Samoan. He could have fucking climbed coconut trees with them fucking things. But if you're if you're listening on the rant, all right, at Wizards Podcast, I want you to tweet at us. I just want to know you're listening. Tell me you're listening on the rant. Just the rant. If you're watching on Facebook or Twitter or Twitch or um, uh, Facebook. Did I say Facebook? YouTube? I don't know. We're everywhere. And if you're on uh, AOL Instant Messenger, you can give us your ASL as well. Oh, please. Yes. <laughs> Old school, baby. Uh, we got a jam-packed show tonight. We got primetime Dante Smiley uh, joining us in a couple minutes. We got Wrestle Kingdom to talk about. We got picks to talk about. I have to, unfortunately, talk about picks. Why do you say unfortunately? Why? Oh, yeah. we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I'm curious. Oh, you know, just asking. Okay. Okay. We got hard to kill. We, oh, he's moving me around. We got hard to kill. To talk about. We got me and Kevin went to dynamite. He's moving me again. You're freaking me out. Me and Kevin went to dynamite. Uh, and and rampage. We had a great time. And there's so so much. Mickey James is going to the Royal Rumble. So much, so much wrestling to talk about. Charlie Haas uh, went to the hospital. Charlie Haas went to the hospital. Uh, the Charlie Hospital. Going places. Coffee almost went over you. Tony almost knocked his coffee over. Uh, And it's all coming next. Uh, It's coming. 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 Uh, It's all next here on the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. The following is a presentation of the Shining Wizards Network, broadcasting live on rantiumradio.com and available on all podcast platforms and at shiningwizards.com. Follow us on social media at Wizards Podcast. Check out our merchandise at merch.shiningwizards.com. Do your Amazon shopping at amazon.shiningwizards.com. And become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash wizardspodcast. As always, we thank you for your continued support. And now, enjoy the show. This is Tito Santana, and you are listening to the Shining Wizards. Arriba! What's up? I love the big package. And he's got those smelly balls. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Fucking loser. Fuck the shining wizards. Thank you. 
You are tuned in to one of the greatest, nay, I say the greatest wrestling podcast of all time, the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast, coming to you live on The Rant, rantdmradio.com, coming to you live on all forms of social media, including Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and coming to you wherever you want to take us because we are in your pockets in podcast form. But now, forget about all that. It's episode 567, and it's time to do some wrestling talk. And some talk about wrestling. Well, as of right now, it looks like it's uh, just you and me, sir. How are you tonight? I'm great. Uh, much better than last week. Uh, we had a little COVID scare at the Bowman household. Uh, so that's why I was not available last week. I felt like I got hit by a fucking train. And uh, I spent the majority of Monday driving around looking to get a COVID test. Uh, and it was just very unsuccessful. So uh, so I just laid in bed like a sack of shit. And uh, my wife came home and she's still in fucking bed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I got myself to the doctor Tuesday. And uh, it just ended up being an upper, upper respiratory infection. 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 Get it out. It's okay. So, uh, so I was able to go to AEW Dynamite. And uh, I was able to live uh, uh, COVID free for this week. It's good to hear, man. It's good to hear. Uh, yeah, I've, I started finding out that a lot of uh, people in my family, not immediate family, not people that I've been around, but a lot of folks were getting socked with this uh, current round of COVID. Uh, so much so, uh, the kid was virtual last week. He's back in school. Of course, it's going to be the coldest fucking week of the year now that he's back in school. But uh, went back to the office today for the first time in three weeks and uh, should have stood home. Cause it was me and like one other person in the office. And I was like, fuck this. I'm out of here. So yeah, things are a little strange out there, but that's okay. Because Matt and I are going to bring you the meat to meat. The one to go meet to meet. Oh, meat to meet. Uh, well, thanks for to, to Kate. Street oh, for, Kevin uh, made it. Never mind on the meat to meet. We got the full squad in the hizzy. I don't know if this is going to work without a, a video picture there, Kevin. We know what Kevin looks like. Kevin's a handsome guy. What? What won't work? Well, I don't know if we're going to have to work on you not talking over each other if we can't see you. Kevin, it's cool. It's cool. Don't think don't think that'll be a problem. It's so funny when Kevin talks, like the little halo around the uh, Shining Wizards logo, like kicks in depending on how hard he hits his words, too. It's kind of it. neat. Yeah. Well, thanks to Kate the Great for filling in. You guys crushed it last week with John Alba. And that Matt Hardy podcast is a fucking great listen. Great listen. Yeah, the John Alba's good people. It's a shame he's friends with Kate. That's all I gotta say. Wow. What? Was, Kate's been stirring crazy. up some. She's been stirring up some shit on Twitter. I heard she's got the block brigade out on a few people. I don't know what exactly what happened, but you know, who's got time for that? Seriously, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> I got time for that shit. You know what we got time for though? Dante Smiley. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> What's going on, y'all? Dante, how are you tonight, man? I'm doing well, doing real well. Now look at how about true, yourselves. True professional championship <laughs> belt right behind. Look at this. If you got That's, it, want it, right? Love right. It. How says it's supposed to be? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My my two my championship belts wrapped around my DDP over there. <laughs> <laughs> what? You laugh, Tony. I'm still the shining wizards. Can you beat that champion? It don't look as pretty as that, but it's a goddamn nice belt. Right. That's a nice belt back there. I like that. Yeah, that it's, it's real nice. Yeah, that's a that's an OIWA uh, International Heavyweight Championship. 
Can you, you wouldn't mind bringing that up close so we could take a look at it. Kevin and I are not, a, not at all. Not at all. Oh, beautiful. I love it. I love it. Look at that. Dude, that's beautiful nice. hardware right there. Yeah, nice like white that. leather. Yeah, you know, gold print. Got the got the OIWA logo right there in the center. Love it. Stuff. Even the even the even the banners on that too. Beautiful. Very nice. Right. Yeah, the, the side piece is the uh, up under the OIWA brand. So that's what all the side pieces are for represents the countries of uh that we have promotions that under the umbrella of the OIWA. Beautiful. It's a great looking belt right there. Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, the OIWA champion, Dante Smiley, joins us tonight. We uh, we mentioned it earlier. Uh, this is a reschedule because we had a little bit of a scheduling conflict, but we're happy to have you on. Um, OIWA international champion, featured on AEW Dark. Um, what's that whole experience like been for you? Um, you know, there's a pandemic. Times have been tough the last two years. Uh, right. Been lucky enough to get the opportunity to work several uh, AEW Darks. Yes, sir. Um, well, you know, I've and what's funny is I've been in kind of both generations, kind of like during COVID AEW dark episodes when we we're at the Daily's place and all the wrestlers were having to fill up, uh, you know, the ringside area to, to be the fans, so to speak. That way we had something to work off of. And then recently when I went, when I was in the ring with uh, the acclaimed, uh, and that was at uh, Universal Studios. So we they, they had an audience on, you know, multiple sides. And, they, you know, there's a good amount of people there whenever they shoot out there at Universal. Um, but, it's you know, it's been different. Everything, you know, because now when you start traveling, once that came back to also, uh, you know, one month, everything could be good. A few months, it could be good. And you go out there to wherever it may be, not just AEW, but anywhere. Then all of a sudden the spike happens and they got to shut down for a couple months on shows and whatnot. Um, so I think it's just, you know, requiring everybody just to work together. You know what I'm saying? Ultimately is what we have to do because we're all in this together and it's all an uncontrollable variable. We we control none of what who closes down, what closes down or anything like that. You know, so everybody just needs to stay patient and just, you know, got to roll with it. That's the only thing we can do. No, I hear you. Rolling with it is the best thing we can do. I don't know your age. But uh, for me and Tony and Kevin, we grew up watching WCW. The fact that you got to wrestle at Universal Studios, does that? Right. Does that yeah. be, like, that's all, like WCW Saturday night main event. Right. Uh, I know Impact did a, bunch, did a bunch of stuff there. I don't know if it was the yep. exact area, but but what did that mean for you to get to work there? I mean, it was awesome because, yeah, I'm, I'm 33 years old, about to be 34. So, I mean, I grew up watching wrestling in the 90s, which is when all that was taking place. You know what I mean? When I started watching wrestling, when my dad got me into it. Uh, just Universal in general is a historic place, not only for wrestling, but, I mean, we grew up watching many a movies, especially when we were younger, that took place at Universal. So being able to be back there and see all the different studios and what the movie shooting is about and, you know, also be part of the different production as far as AEW goes from there. That was different from Daly's place, uh, which is awesome. So there's the little, you know, nostalgia there. And uh, the, the kid in me was 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 loving the situation. And then it was also work. <laughs> <laughs> you, do, you do a majority of your your working at the SOAR uh, championship wrestling promotion and People who might not be familiar with you, in the last couple months, you have had wins over Kevin Blackwood, 
who will be featured right. in Pro Wrestling Gorillas Battle of Los Angeles. Daniel Garcia, who's getting yep. a TNT title shot this Wednesday night. And Austin Aries, yep. uh, world-renowned professional wrestler. And, and you have wins and, over all three of those gentlemen. And James uh, Storm. And James Storm. <laughs> in his hometown, where he lives. <laughs> what has yes, that sir. whole experience been like for you? Uh, first of all, finding a promotion to put stock in you, uh, right. to put you in the ring with these gentlemen, and secondly, having the opportunity to work with them. I mean, well, first and foremost, you know, there's a lot of talented wrestlers in the business, right? In the Indies, there's plenty of people that, you know, can say they deserve to get be signed. And I would agree with them, to be 100% honest. There's a lot of very talented people. But there's also a lot of money on this independent circuit as well. Um, so at that point, when somebody starts believing in you and says, hey, I want to make you the guy because I see your work that you do, you know, see what you bring to the table, see the value you want to bring. I want to invest in you, so on and so forth. I mean, you kind of got to jump on that, you know, because I don't know if y'all noticed, but Sir Mo from Men on the Mission is who owns, uh, he owns the OIWA and runs that. And then also he helped run a sword championship wrestling with uh, a lady named Denise Jones. Uh, he's the main booker, but Denise is under mainly Denise's promotion. She was the one that originally wanted to start it, but Bobby handles all the wrestling that has to do with it. Um, and uh, so it's, it's been a hell of an experience to have one, like I say, somebody believe in me like that. Uh, I believed in myself that much, but it does take at some point a promoter being like, this dude has it, you know what I mean? And I want to help him show the world that he has it by investing him. And to him, you know, it's also once you see that they want to do that, it's also maintaining value with where you're at, especially in a city like I'm in Dallas, Texas. In a city like this, we have promotions, many, many, many promotions within an hour, hour and a half of where I live. You know what I mean? Which is a lot. Um, so at that point, it's also not oversaturating yourself. That way you can build value somewhere where people that want to come see you and know your work have to come there to be able to see you and what you do outside of maybe watching it on YouTube or if you do stuff on fight or wherever anybody may be shooting their shows. Um, and it could be a blessing or a curse. Some people are like, no, I want to work everywhere. That way I can keep hopping around and get all these different fans. And, you know, somebody like myself, I'm like, I'm going to build value here and make people come see what everybody is talking about over here with them putting stock in me. I want to give back to them that way. And it's worked out a lot. You know what I mean? Cause Bob, Bobby was the one that helped put in a good word initially uh, for me to be able to get out to AEW dark that first time. And then it was just getting invited back by them at that point. Uh, so it's been a hell of an experience, man. It being in the ring with people like Daniel Garcia, like Kevin Blackwood, Austin Aries, James Storms, uh, you know, Shane Taylor, I wrestled about a year ago as well nice. as source so you know i get I, yeah, shane shane's big brother he's he's awesome um as y'all know because i'm sure y'all follow him on social media um but yeah so it's been a hell of an experience with in different styles at that you know what i mean shane wrestles different than kevin kevin a little bit different than daniel daniel different than austin austin different than james storm and so on with everybody that i face this year whether they've been you know big name talent so to speak or somebody that just is hella talented on the independent circuit that people just don't know about yet uh, we're on the line with Dante Smiley at Primetime Living on Twitter, Instagram. Be sure to follow him, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Primetime Living. For those not familiar, Dante, what is Primetime Living, and has Deion Sanders come after you? <laughs> no, nah, he ain't came after me, man. What's funny, we actually used to go to the same church at one point in time. 
But uh, but no, not none of that. You know what I mean? Because I don't really even use the uh the prime time moniker anymore, like I did for the longest time. I just mainly go by Dante Smiley, and people have these different monikers that they use for me based off of relatively where I'm at. But uh, more than anything, prime time living is just like an upper scale living of carrying myself. Because you know I do a lot of different stuff, so it's kind of an ode to just living your best life. You know what I mean? I've been on the Dude Perfect show on an episode, uh, season two, episode 15 with them. They had me and my former tag team partner, Todd Wilson, shoot a pro wrestling episode with them as the pro athletes they use for that episode. Uh, you know, I used to be in theater. I do music still. And I mean, before I was in wrestling, I was touring with people, doing big shows out here in Dallas, South by Southwest. Then I jumped into the wrestling from that. I'm a published author as well. I have a book on uh, Amazon that I published called Becoming Unforgettable which is uh, my life story and, you know, just talks about the things that I've done and the motivation, trials, tribulations, motivations, how I overcame certain aspects of my life just to help others. I'll have a podcast as well. That's a mindset podcast called the 13th Floor Mindset Podcast. And, uh, you know, I just I just like having my hands in everything, man, wherever I feel like I'm called to do, uh, to be able to spread some love, some wisdom, some motivation or whatever it may be. I want to be able to do it because I have access to do it. And we only got one shot at this thing called life. So I want to make sure I use every bit of time that I have while I'm here being able to do it. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love when we get somebody on the show who's just more about wrestling, who's, who's, who's into like, you know, like all different, all different aspects of life. What's it like? What's it like writing a book? I want to write a book one day i don't know what i want to write about but <laughs> please don't <laughs> i don't know, write a book i want to know what you're going to write about I, if, listen when i find out we'll both know i mean it is what right. it is uh so like how do you how do you reach that point where it's like you know what i'm going to write a book or i'm going to go out and perform you know like and do music and stuff like that like right like what's the mindset like what goes into that Does, do you just wake up one morning and go you know what today's a good day to write a book like what what's the book <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of, but not all the way. So, um, so I have my own. I have my own business. Also, I have a personal training business online and in person. I, I coach a lot. I actually used to coach, uh, train Mark Quinn uh, from Private Party at one point in time. He was on my training program. Izzy James was. That's uh, you know, he, Izzy. Izzy's been on AEW Dark a few times as well, and uh, quite a few wrestlers that that a lot of people know that I just you know, didn't talk about that. It's not for anybody to know, you know what I mean? It's just my business that I have and I've been doing it for seven years. And uh, so I'm part of some uh, business masterminds and I do public speaking. So I'll go talk at different masterminds, doing motivational speeches and this and that. And uh, one of my mentors in the main mastermind that I'm in called Apex Entourage, uh, his name is Drewby Wilson. And I was in his office getting ready to fly out uh, before I faced James Storm, actually. Before I was going out there to Tennessee, I stopped by the Apex office. And I was just, because uh, I had a podcast to do. And then Drewby was in his office. So I stopped in. And, you know, we were just talking about some stuff that I had going. I was like, yeah, man, I'm about to go out here to do this. And when I get back, I have a music show next weekend and yada, yada, yada. And he just looks at me. He's like, so when is the book coming out? He was like, because I know part of your life story already. And he was like, people can be very motivated by your life story, just overcoming victimhood and, uh, you you know, family stereotypes and all that kind of stuff that a lot of people think they're obligated to be within. And, uh, and then, obviously, all the extracurricular stuff that I do. So he was like, when is the book coming out? I was like, what you mean? He was like, dog, he was like, you need to write a book. And he was like, you'll be surprised with how many people will support and buy it. 
He was like, it's never a right time to be able to do it. So don't ever think that. He was like, you have the story because the story is you. And I know everything that you do. And I've heard a little bit about your past, but going into detail about it, along with talking about how you've overcome it and the where you're going with everything when the story still isn't finished, he was like, that'll give you a mode to write a part two or another book or whatever else that may be afterwards, even down the line. And uh, he was right. You know, I took that to heart whenever he said that. Because uh, the only reason I hadn't thought about it was because I was like, who the hell wants to read a book about me? Even though I knew I'd been, you know, what I've been through, what I've overcome and how this wrestling journey went for me. And along with my former music career, when I was doing tours, along with me getting back into it over the last three, four years, uh, where I started doing shows again and dropping albums on, you know, iTunes, Spotify and all of that. And uh, and he was right, man, because it became a, a Amazon bestseller. Uh, I was actually number two in the wrestling biographies, the Dean Ambrose book, because we released on the same day or they day uh, part of he it was either his pre-sale that released the same day as mine or the book released. But regardless, obviously, his ass is going to outsell me, which is totally cool because I was number two for, for <laughs> a very, very good while and was on the best sellers list above the Young Bucks books as well at that time. <laughs> You know what I mean? Which is absolutely awesome. Little old independent Dante. You know what I'm saying? And um, so it's a hell of an experience, man, being being on that bestsellers list, being, you know, number one on a, on the new releases list at one point in time and being able to bask in that, you know, for a few days while everybody was buying it, while, you know, it was all hyped up and stuff. Uh, so I'm just blessed, you know what I mean, at the end of the day, because it was something that could have easily been passed up on if I didn't think I was enough for really anybody cared, even with after talking to Drewby. But I acted on it as I do everything, you know, and I'm that person where I don't do anything unless I'm going to give it everything that I have to be able to make it successful. I'd rather tell somebody no and not do it if I know I'm going to half ass it or my heart's not going to be in it or if I genuinely don't have passion for it, then they're not. You know what I mean? But luckily, that was something I said yes to. And, you know, I reaped the benefits of it. And so did a lot of people that bought it. So if you, uh, oh, sorry, Kevin. I mean, I'm just going to plug the book real fast, Kevin. Then you okay. can ask your question. If you just go on Amazon and you throw in Dante Smiley, uh, it's the second thing that pops up uh, outside of a yellow smiley face. Becoming <laughs> unfuckwittable. Uh, how do going from a victim mindset to a 13th floor mindset can change your life and legacy. $12 for the paperback. I know there's tons of people out there in our Discord that like to read books. So this seems like an interesting uh, book. So pick it up. Yes, sir. Thank you for that. <clears throat> Kevin. So it's a lot of times with, with, with new authors, it's not necessarily about the author. It's about the story that the author is telling. So even right. though this is your life, there's still a great story there. So how, how, how do you combine that with you, with your speaking engagements, with your, with your music, with your professional wrestling and engulf all of this into the story that is Dante? Um, I mean, it, it was simple because all of it is a story, you know what I'm saying? So even when I go do these uh, speaking engagements and stuff like that, the selling point is the book because you only get an hour to be able to talk up there and spit whatever motivation based off of the things that I've been through or overcame. And people want more because they know you didn't go into detail about everything. And there's the book. You know what I mean? When people see my music or listen to my music, they're like, man, this when when depending on what I'm rapping or whatever it may be, they're like, man, I want to know more of that. There's the book. Same thing with wrestling. When people meet me out and they're like, man, you're you're a cool dude. You know what I mean? Even though I, I'm an asshole in the ring a lot of the time and whatnot. But, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of people like knowing as much as they can, especially when you're in the public lives with stuff like music and stuff like wrestling and the entertainment business. 
people want to know more about you. People want to see how personal you, personable you are. People want to see how much of your life is like theirs and how we relate. Because I have a belief that everybody's kind of correlated somewhat, you know, in a, in a certain instance. And books and stuff like that, books, podcasts, interviews, whatever it may be, give people that insight into you that much more to be like, oh, this dude's been through some of the same stuff I did. And he made it. And he got over those excuses that he was making then, overcame those. And now he's here for just making sure that he figured out whatever blind spots he had in his life. I could do the same. And that's the point. The moment they have that aha moment for wherever they're seeing me, whatever they're listening to me, whatever they're reading from me, they have that aha moment where it's like, oh, he was where I was at one point in time. That means I could get over it too. And I could do this. You know, I just need to find that right path, that right passion, whatever it is. It hit it head, you know, hit it uh, running and whatnot. What's um what's the best face-to-face feedback you've gotten on either the book or on anything else that that you've done in your uh your pretty awesome life? Um I think the best feedback I got ever was from Charlie Hoss. <laughs> Charlie Hall, so he was watching when early in my tag team career. Uh so I started wrestling in 2014, early 2014 is when I started wrestling, uh training, and then I was wrestling by the end of that year about six eight months after training uh, and we had a tag match my tag partner and i and it was super spotty right you know wrestling especially somebody like charlie hoss is an extreme storyteller and we had this match with a group a tag team named the association of aviation and was it a bad match no uh but it was definitely all spot no story nothing like that just going out there and doing all the shit so to speak and uh when we got back to the locker room the promoter came up to us and he was like, hey, uh, Charlie's outside waiting for y'all because he wants to talk to y'all. <laughs> and we're like, oh, shit. We knew that wasn't good. Uh, <laughs> man, and we went outside, bro. He sit y'all's asses down. I was like, oh, snap. And, you know, he was just like, what? he was like, what the hell was that? And we're like, you know, we're trying to figure it out. We, we're we fresh, still baby butt fresh in the game, super green. And he's like, man, he was like, y'all didn't do anything but – with doing everything in there. He was like, nothing y'all did made sense. He was like, y'all told no kind of story. You couldn't tell who the hill was, who the face was, yada, 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 yada. And I mean, he tore into us for a good 10 minutes, rightfully so. But it was the best thing that could ever happen to us because after that, we paid attention to the detail of what it takes to have a good professional wrestling match rather than trying to show off every skill that we have in a professional wrestling match. And it changed the course, not only of our tag team career, but even when uh, we kind of disbanded the tag team a few years ago and started going singles, helped me really hone in on the little aspects of what makes a match uh, that people really love and people can really remember that, that they bask in and feel like they're a part of and make them eating out of the palm of our hand and whatnot while we're in that ring suspending reality for them. Um, so that talk was honestly the, the, the best advice I've gotten out of any of my careers, any of the things that I've done uh, to this day. Have you, have you ever given anybody the Charlie Haas treatment? Oh yeah. I have at this point. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, because also, also, you know, Sir Mo, he, he runs a wrestling school out of Carrollton. And two years ago, uh, he brought me on as the main trainer there because he, he was getting sick or whatever. And he was looking for somebody and he trusted me with my skill level, with what he's seen for me working with him and what, what I know and how I was talking to people in the locker room. And after watching their matches where he brought me on at his, as his trainer for the Bumps and Bruises Pro Wrestling Academy. So I have a school full of students out there. And, and some of them are young and having matches. Some of them obviously aren't wrestling quite yet. But those that are earlier in their careers and having some, you know, within their first 20, 30 matches, yeah, they, they, they've definitely got the Charlie Hall's treatment from Dante at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we got a little spoiled up here, you know, like we're, we're in uh, Northeast in uh, New Jersey. And, uh, of course, Haas, the Haas brothers, you know, out of Seton Hall. So we sort of right. grew up in our wrestling, you know, getting to know them. And, you know, it's unfortunately Russ passed away, but, you know, Charlie made quite a name for himself. World greatest tag yeah. team being associated with Kurt yeah. Angle. So that's a good dude to learn some stuff from, man. That's a good dude. Yeah, he was awesome. And, you know, he always remembered that, too, because I wrestled Charlie probably about four or five different times over my career at this point. We didn't wrestle him even that night. But after that, I've wrestled him a few times. And uh, we were able to build respect up with him to where there was one time, uh, it was one of the last times I wrestled him, his son plays football, and, and Charlie doesn't miss those games, you know, for nothing. And uh, he was showing up, he, he showed up a little late to the, to the show, and we had to go on about, you know, 15 minutes after he got there. And he, he just literally came up here, and it was after a few times of us wrestling, like I say, this was one of the last times, and he was like, hey, fellas, he was like, where are we at on the match? He was like, what are we doing? And we told him. He was like, okay, I'll do this here. I'll do this here. Let's go get it. And that was it. So from going, getting chewed out from him to him showing up at a show, uh, you know, trusting in y'all to to had called it already, number one, and then just follow suit and, you know, plug his stuff in where he needed to plug it in. That was absolutely awesome. It was definitely kind of a ties turning type situation where we're like, okay, we're, we're making the strides and doing the things that we're supposed to do. Now, when somebody has that respect for you as veteran as he was at that time, who we know, obviously, growing up watching Charlie Hulse on the world's greatest tag team and everything that he's done uh, everywhere uh, to that point, man, it was absolutely awesome. You know what I mean? Can't take those moments away. So you mentioned we, we you know, you mentioned Charlie Haas. We talked Kevin Blackwood, uh, Daniel Garcia, the pretty boy killers. But man, you got to you got to get in the ring and wrestle in front of a live audience against Sir Mo. How much did that mean <laughs> to you? Because I think that's one of the look growing right. up. I think that's one of the coolest things ever when you get to watch, you know, work and have relationships with people you grew up watching. Uh, right. How much did that mean to you to get in there with Sir Mo and get to tangle with him? I mean, it, it means a lot, man, because, you know, he's a former WWE, uh, WWF, WWE tag team champion. Uh, you know, he had been all around the world himself, uh, even after his WWE stand. And, you know, he had been a mentor at that time. So it was very nostalgic because that was one of the last, that was the last match that he wrestled as, as the right now and probably will be the last match that he'll ever wrestle. And uh, so it was absolutely awesome to be in that moment with him, possibly kind of for sure his last match that he ever did. Uh, not only because the kid in us, you know what I mean? But the fact that he was like, hey, I'm trusting in y'all to be in this match with me, even though I can't go like I used to. I want to go with you guys because I trust y'all enough to be in the ring with us. Because once again, he was the, you know, he's the booker for the show, the promoter for the show and stuff. And uh, for him to have that trust in you, just kind of like the Charlie Hall's thing as well, is absolutely awesome. You know what I mean? Those moments can't be taken away. Those moments are only earned by the work you put in, point blank, period. Have you ever... Uh 
you know, you have a relationship now with Sir Mo. He's got you right. one, of, one of his trainers. You ever just pull him aside, be like, can you, can you call Oscar and have him write a rap for me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Ali, like him, him and Oscar don't talk that much. There was some, there was some history stuff there, so they don't talk as much as they used to. Oscar has been to some shows in the past, but it was like four years ago, five years ago. The last time, uh, you know, I've seen Oscar, which I don't know if that's the last time he has, but that was the last time that I, Oscar has been at one of the short shows, uh, for sure. But, uh, but yeah, you know, and, and it's funny just hearing all those old stories on him, Mabel, Oscar, and whatnot, because, you know, he loves telling it. I know all the stories about, you know, why he actually ended up leaving the W. I like all the behind-the-scenes stuff, which is crazy, but it helps. You know, he likes telling that to us uh, as his mentorees, so to speak, because he wants us to know how the business really is when you get to that level. And are you able to withstand that? Are you going to be able to deal with it? Because this is the type of stuff that comes with it. You know what I mean? Whatever whatever situation it may be, there's a lot of situations that are different from the indies to being on something like AEW to being at WWE, I'm sure, to being at like New Japan or NOAA, wherever else in Impact, Ring of Honor, when you know they were still doing their, thing, their own thing at that point. Um, I'm sure everything, everybody functions differently. You know what I'm saying? But so it's good to know people from everywhere. That way they're like, hey, you know, this is this is genuinely how it was. It is what it is. Just so you know, if you do something, because I know how you act and you're a little hot headed. So I just want to make sure that you're prepared for these situations. That way you don't go in there and possibly ruin it a moment. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's all a learning experience from from everybody that uh, I've been in the ring with, everybody that I've gotten to talk to at shows, and uh, everything. You know what I mean? Uh, you can you can learn from everybody. So, and I'm one of the people that that's not egotistical and that's not prideful enough to try to find the moments uh, that I could learn from, or so you know the situations I could learn from. Uh, you talk about being a little bit of a hothead and knowing everybody. Uh, I know you threw out you have an open door challenge for your OIWA International yes, Championship. Sir. Uh, and you put it out on Twitter the other day that the challenge has been answered, but you're not allowed to really, really give us anything I, outside of ageless. I am now. See, oh, because I, because we had a show Saturday, so I had to, I had to wait to make sure I did my thing at the show, which I did. So now I can announce it. You know, on February twelfth, uh, we have the King Mabel birthday bash extravaganza that he does by Sermo does it every single year. And the person that has answered the open door policy call is Caprice Coleman. Oh, whoa. Shit. oh. whoa. <laughs> that is yes, awesome. Y'all got it first. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you got your hands full, my friend. I know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I'm well prepared. You know what I mean? I'm, I haven't, you know, I don't face any scrubs or anything like that. So I'm well prepared, well ready. <laughs> I put my work in and I plan on putting it in on February 12th as well. Wow, what an announcement. That's, That's exciting. Awesome. That's going to be great. I'm sure yeah. you don't you, you, I'm sure you don't know or maybe you do. I don't want to speak out of turn, but we know WrestleMania is going to be in the Dallas area in April and right. tons of announcements have been made. WrestleCon is going to be huge. Um will we be seeing Dante Smiley uh performing at numerous shows that weekend? Yes, you will. Where I can't say quite yet, but yes, you will. I am and have have already had talks and got stuff prepped and currently in talks with uh, a couple other promotions and stuff to debut for them that weekend while they're out here. Is everything really bigger in Texas? Everything. Everything. B bigger and better. 
I don't know. I've been, <laughs> but that's, I've been, that's a little bias, I guess. I know. I know the reality of bias and this bias. We're all Texans are biased, just like we are with our Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we're them see now fans out here where they're always gonna make the Super Bowl, even when they start the season off four and seven. We still believe that that's me. I'm I'm Dante. That's that's me. I am that fan. <laughs> so you're feeling good going into the playoffs. Oh yeah. I am at least against the 49ers right now, for sure. And you get mad at Charles Barkley calling the, the women of Texas big women. <laughs> you remember that dude? I went <laughs> yeah, down a YouTube. I went down a YouTube rabbit hole the other day, and it was like forty-five minutes of Charles Barkley just, just like insulting Houston women. I couldn't stop laughing. And Shaq was yeah. no good either because he kept he kept egging them on. You know, he's like, "Hey, you tell me about those Houston women. Oh, they got big women down there." <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know, Char- Charles always speaking out of tongue over there and stuff. Though, that's funny though. <laughs> I love it, man. I, 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 I'm yeah. Th- no, that's those funny. days, like '80s, '90s NBA, man. Like, I, that that was my NBA when I was growing up, and just every right. team had characters like that, man. Every you knew who all the stars were on all the teams, right? You know? That was magic, yeah, stuff, no, it, man. No, it's it's it's, it's going to be great. Yeah, I, I love Charles, man, and it's uh, he's one of them players that I'm like, damn, bro. Like, I totally wish he could hit him. Iverson are like the two top players on my list where I'm like, I wish they could have got one. You know yeah. what I mean? Because both yeah. of them are so great in their own right, especially Iverson being a six-foot shooting guard, averaging 30-some-odd points a game, having the defense that he had. Man, that was very rare for that generation in the 90s that he grew up in, you know, and so it was, not grew up in, but was playing in with people like Kobe, T-Mac. Ray Allen, Jordan was around at that time. You know, it's infamously known when Iverson hit Jordan with that crossover that one time. You know what I'm saying? Everybody knows about that video and has seen that video. So uh, so they're my two that I'm like, man, I wish they really could have got one. And they man, never did. <laughs> dude, the, dude, the Knicks never got one. Come on. The I, Knicks. I, I, yeah, dude. right. I, know, I was, dude, dude I remember it, that season. The Knicks were, the Knicks were on fire. And uh, John Starks couldn't make a three. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, right. That broke my heart. That game, man. They were so close. It just, yeah. it just was not his night. No matter what no, he man. did, he couldn't hit anything. It's like that, man. Basketball is one of them games that's like that. I grew up playing basketball, so I totally get it. You know, one one night you could be ten for ten from from the field. You know what I mean? And the next night you one for ten, like clockwork, yep. and you and you don't know why. Yeah, and, you, and, you really had a, <laughs> and you really had a struggle for that one, too. <laughs> right. You, you know what I mean? Right. You just had an open layup on a fast break is how you got that one. You know, <laughs> anything, anything, anything contested did not work. <laughs> Take them as you can get them. Dante, oh, yeah. I got right. to ask, I gotta ask the usual question I asked every I Oh, asked. no. And you know what? I'm, I'm reading the Sabu book right now. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. And Sabu once had some bad chili, and he shit his pants in the ring. <laughs> right? So now I got to ask Mr. Dante Smiley here. Oh, no. You ever shit your pants <laughs> in the ring? Haven't shit it. I've definitely accidentally farted in somebody's face before. Oh, in their face? Yeah. They, they, I was, oh, yeah. I was, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. You, all right, come on. W- I was like, uh, I went, uh, they hit me with a sunset flip, and when I landed over, it just came out. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're sitting here pinning me like right when the pin started they dug down doing the gimmick and stuff and it just came out yeah my bad players mess up <laughs> happens, happens to the best of us there's a video right. of will smith right. out there working out well, at, at the up. facility today and he i don't i don't he know starts, he lets a ripper go 
I don't, I don't know if I ever told the story. Somebody put me in a Boston crab once and I farted on their lower back to get out of it. Damn. Damn. You're fucking gross. <laughs> what? It happened, dude. When your legs are up in the air, I mean, you know, just kind of squeeze it all out. Bro, yeah. I'm about to say, so, sometimes it just happens, man. Like, <laughs> look, we're, we're only human at the end of the day. Let's be real. We're only human. Of course. <laughs> of course, man. Some of us are. Uh, not. I'm an animal. Hey, there, there's right. that girl that was on, what, TikTok? She was selling farts in a jar? Yeah, but then she yes. got sick. Is she? She had a heart attack or something like that. Though. Yeah, you yeah. know why? She was yeah. loading up on beans and everything to help her fart, and she got freaking bad indigestion or something. She thought she was dying. Oh, what are you doing? You can't I, be I, fucking I, just eating protein shakes and... What right. are you Listen, do? man, if your moneymaker's selling that shit in a jar, what are you going to do? You got you to gotta keep that system going. Yeah, right. but you got you gotta <laughs> to make, make it like AEW chase figures. You can't be just be pumping them out. <laughs> Right, less is more. You do less parts in a jar, but you you jack right. up. Right, supply, supply and demand. Make the exactly. supply a little bit, man. But be high. Like you it's still like, make your money on it. It's like that's that it. machine at Build a Bear. You just keep pressing the pedal and keep pumping them out. That's it. That's all you do. Uh, at Primetime Living on social media, oh, Twitter, man. Instagram, uh, ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Primetime Living. He's got an album. No stone unturned. He's got a book, Becoming Unfuckable with, on Amazon. Is there anything, Dante Smiley, you don't do? Uh, I mean, not that I found yet. Not yet. <laughs> like, 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 so this is how I look at everything, right? You know, like, like I said earlier, it's all about reach to me. You know what I mean? The more things that I do uh, and can put my, have my hand in and whatnot, the more people I can reach to, to get eyes on everything. You know, not the the more eyes that are on me from from music and the book. If people only know me from that or my fitness stuff, they see me. They add me because of wherever they added me from. They see that I wrestle as well. They get into that, come to a show, buy some merch because they want to support. And so, and it's the same thing for everything. It's there's this one little ecosystem that that is Dante Smiley. And uh, and I and I just feel once again, you know, wrestling is going to come to an end one day, right? It always does for everybody. Wrestling's going to end one day. So then it's like, what do you have? So if you're not doing anything else outside of wrestling, God forbid you get an injury. God forbid just something happens in life where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. You call it a day. Everybody has their reason and there's no wrong reason because people have a right to, you know, in their life to, to do whatever's best for them. So that's why I don't ever, you know, hock at anybody for, for, for wanting to retire or leave. You know, it just is what it is. It's part of the business people come and people go at the end of the day and um and so it's just once again my ecosystem the more reach that i can have so when this wrestling stuff is done i still have everybody for all my other ecosystems be it music be it books be it speaking be it fitness they're still there for that kate the great hensler this guy rules kate's not wrong she is not not wrong they're making new fans every second. February 12th, Pro Touch Soccer, Dallas, Texas, the King Mabel Memorial Celebration. You heard it here first. Dante defends his championship against Caprice Coleman. Also on the car, Chase Owens. Hopefully he defends that Texas heavyweight championship he's been running around in New Japan with that I don't think he ever defends. Uh, <laughs> will be at the show. Uh, yep. And much more. Um, be sure to check out SOAR. Uh, Dante, before we let you go, is there anything else you'd like to leave uh, the fans with and us with? No, man. I mean, just I just want to tell everybody to be open to everything. Wrestling's in the best place it's ever been in. 
You know what I mean? People, every everybody with, especially with this open door policy is seeing different people that are signed from different places everywhere. And everybody's question with all of this was, is WWE going to do it? You know what I mean? And lo and behold, this week, they did it. Yep. With, with the with the with the Impact Women's Champion and and uh, Mickey James, you know what I mean. And everybody was like, "Okay, she's defending it this coming up weekend, which was on uh, Saturday." So they're like, "If she loses it, now there's a skepticism that contract stuff might be odd, or you know, whatever it may be." But she won. You know what I mean. So now we know it's real, and I think it's absolutely awesome. It only benefits everybody. It only benefits the professional wrestling business at the end of the day. So make sure y'all start following Soar, especially on uh, any social medias. First and foremost, also follow Soar on YouTube. I have my own YouTube channel, Soar Championship Wrestling. Mine is just under Dante Smiley. Follow OIWA, the OIWA on Facebook and Twitter, and just be in tune with the whole ecosystem that we got going on here because we got a lot of good wrestlers that come in here, not only that I wrestle, but that are just on a roster as well that people don't know about quite yet, especially uh, one women's wrestler to look out for is the Diamond Queen, Evelyn Carter. She's uh, one of my managers. She's been with me. She got injured about a year ago. She tore her ACL, and she had just came back, and on the first night that she came back, she pulled the title. She pulled the China where she dropped the women's title that she had and went for the TV title that Sword Championship Wrestling had and won it. So she's a woman that's holding our TV title right now and whatnot, which is absolutely awesome. Then that's Evelyn Carter, my man, D'Anthony Price, Dean Fleming, who was on AEW recently, Nate Lawson, who I just had a last man standing match with, uh, Clayton Bodine Nelson is a good wrestler that we have here. So there's a lot of people that we have that, that a lot of people don't know about. So make sure y'all go to the YouTube, check me out, check everybody else out, follow SOAR, and stay in tune and everything because a lot of people are about to be a lot of places here soon. Beautiful, oh, Dante. It's an absolute pleasure uh, finally getting you on the show, getting to talk Most to you. Definitely. Thank you. Uh, and we look forward to having you back on in the future to talk about all these uh, fantastic milestones you're going to reach at some point in your career, because I think you will do it because you seem like you're you. a super successful, motivated young man. Thank you. I appreciate it, brother. It's been a blast. Thank you all for having me. Thank you all for working with me. My bad on that time situation that first time. I apologize, <laughs> but we got here. You know what I mean? That's all that matters, man. We figured it out. We got it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank y'all. Dante, have a great night. Thanks, Dante. Have a great night. Y'all as well, brothers. Have a good show. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Prime Time Living on social media. Make sure you give them a follow. And Sore Wrestling is Sore One Wrestling on the Twitter machine. (laughs) So make sure you check that out. Give them a follow. Keep your eyes on Dante and his crew down there. They're doing great things. Kissing it. Don't kiss it. Don't kiss it. That's what Brett does before every match. And then eventually you lose it. I kiss it before every match, and I've won all of them still. So we in good territory right now. <laughs> all right, don't easy, easy. Don't right, come on. Now. All right, brother, y'all have a good night. Thank y'all, Dante. You thank too, you so Dante. much. Thank you, brother. Uh, be sure to follow him at Prime Time Living. Yes, Kate thinks he's a genuinely rad dude. Rad dude, what is this? The 80s? Are you gonna gag me with a spoon, Kate? Jesus. <laughs> wow, really, Tony? Go coming in hot. Sorry. <laughs> the old the old spoon gagger. Isn't that what they used to say in the I should remember this? I grew up in the 80s. Yeah, I know. You're really dating yourself with your fucking basketball talk. Oh, come on, dude. 90s Wait, was, NBA was awesome. What was his I know basketball it was, talk? You should have just stopped at the Charles Barkley and the Shaq stuff, but they started talking about John John Starks 
Couldn't hit a three. Yeah, man. Come on. He was bringing up all his favorites. How am I, oh, I going to let him hang like, on that? That was like 30 years ago, dude. You're fucking old. I'm old. I can accept it. Why can't you? Wait, wait, wait. John Starks couldn't hit a three? What basketball games were you watching? The, the, the ones one that in the, in the championships. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Come on, Kev. I don't know Kev, much, eight. but what I do know, I know. I don't know much. I don't, I don't know, know, but I know. Is that Aaron Neville? That is Aaron Neville. I don't know much. Kev, what pay-per-view did you sing the national anthem at? Oh, God. Um. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> it was either, I want to say it was like a SummerSlam, but it was definitely a mania. Right, I thought so... it was a WCW pay-per-view, wasn't it? I think it did both. I want to oh, say it was like yeah. SummerSlam 94. I don't remember. <laughs> Aaron Neville. Uh, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. Aaron Neville, WCW, Spring Stampede. Yeah, I'm not sure that he wore. He wore like that, that was Lex American. Uh, yeah, it was it was Spring Stampede '94. That's what it was. Kate Kate says in the fact that he thinks I would he, gag. He definitely had to have done. Wait, what did Kate say? He definitely has to have a, a, a SummerSlam, a WWF show in there, Tony. He's definitely have to. It's possible. The, 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 the I think with the Neville brothers. No, I think it was Boys to Men that, that sang together for WrestleMania, oh, wasn't well, it? Well, I'm not confusing the Neville brothers with Boys to Men, Tony. Boys to Men, ABC, BBD. SummerSlam 1993. There you go. Wait, so so WCW got him after WWF got him? That's wild. Let me see here. Let me see here. Uh, <laughs> How is it that wild? WWF was the biggest company in the world, and WCW was terrible. Yeah, but for some reason, no offense to Mr. Neville, but when I think Aaron Neville, I think WCW. I wouldn't I don't I wouldn't even remember that it was WWF. See, see that makes no sense because WWF was first. I know. I know. I'm wrong. I don't know. But you know what I wasn't wrong about, boys? Oh, boy. <laughs> Let's get this over with. Yes. Can we please? Can we? I have to play please. my victory music because it's probably the only thing that's not going to get banned on here. Yes. Is it true? Is it true, Matt? Is it true? Is uh, what I'm hearing da- true? It's damn true. Bitches. Uh, Tony. Wait, wait. Should I queue it up? Should I queue it up? Should I queue it up? If you, if you would like to. Uh, I don't even need to say it. I don't even need to do the voice. Because year three is over, boys. Uh, two year time, three. two time, two time. I'll let you have your moment. Sorry. Oh, I'm going to be having my moment when it comes time for punishment, boys. Don't you worry. Okay. I'm not worried. I, don't, I just don't want to speak over you. You did successfully uh, win the 2021 Shining Wizards. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. Shh, shh, shh. Okay, I just wanted to hear that part. Okay, go ahead. Uh, you did successfully win the Shining Wizards picks for 2021. Uh, 214 wins, 81 losses. And we had the, the one tie. Uh, Kevin was 13 games behind you. 201, 94, and 1. 
Yeah. Uh, I was uh, 40 games back. Uh, wait, wait, wait. 40? 39. Uh, Holy shit. I, I just feel like Matt should get punished twice. At 175, <laughs> 120, and 1. Um, this was the last week of picks. We picked Wrestle Kingdom. We picked Hard to Kill. Uh, for the weekend, Tony went 15 and 8. Kevin went 11 and 12. I went nine and fourteen. <laughs> uh, I took a giant dump on a hard roll and I ate it while I watched, while I watched Wrestle Kingdom Night Two. Uh, I went one and seven. <laughs> what were the Wait, um? One in seven. Were the which, rest, what, what were the Wrestle which, Kingdom numbers? Uh. Tony and Kevin, night one, went four and three. I went three and four. Uh, night two, Tony went five and three. Kevin went two and six. I went <laughs> one and seven. Uh, and then at a hard to kill, uh, Tony went six and two. Uh, me and Kevin went five and three. Yeah. Well, once, once I knew that we were mathematically eliminated, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go with. I'm going to go balls deep. Even though I didn't go as balls deep as I wanted to, I did pick uh, Mickey James to retain, which he did, which you guys talked about. And uh, I picked Cardona, the broski with the moski. You did. You you did. And and we'll get into hard to kill talk uh, a little later, Kevin, because Tony didn't get to see that. Um, But uh, I also have numbers for the year. Oh, I love this. I love this. I love this. I love when he says this. So Kevin, Kevin dominate. He didn't dominate, but Kevin took the WWE picks. That's right. Uh, he had two perfect picks: uh, the Royal oh, Rumble, yeah. uh, the Royal Rumble, and Fastlane. Kevin mm-hmm. went six and zero at the Royal Rumble. He went seven and zero at Fastlane, uh, and he finished oh, yeah. the year at seventy-one and nineteen for WWE pay-per-views. Just the WWE, not NXT, just WWE. Tony, WWE expert. Uh, came in second. He also threw up a perfect at WrestleMania Backlash, going six and zero, and he went sixty eight and twenty two on the year. So only three games behind Kevin. What a stupid name! Uh, I continued to suck shit. Uh, I did have a perfect at the Elimination Chamber at five and zero, but for the year I was fifty nine and thirty one at WWE picks. Wait, what? What was your number? Fifty nine and thirty one. So I was. Uh, 12 games behind you, Kevin. That's right. In WWE. NXT, we're all pretty close. Um, Kevin and Tony both went 25 and 5. I went 22 and 8. That's some pretty good numbers from all of us for NXT right there. Yeah, we all uh, went 5 and 0 at TakeOver 36 as well. Uh, AEW, you would not know that I do an AEW podcast. Uh, <laughs> Tony and Kevin went 30 and 9. Uh, I went 24 and 15. <laughs> There's a theme here, people. I suck at this. Um, but I did have, I did go 10 and 0 at all out. So I can fucking pat myself on the back there. Um, NWA, uh, Tony went 27, 13 and 1. That's where the 1 comes from. Uh, Kevin went 23, 17 and 1. And oh, that's went, above average. I went 21, 19 and 1. I'm so glad I won NWA. I would have been really disappointed if I didn't win that one. Uh, I did not win anything, so I was just <laughs> going to throw that out there, which would explain my shitty record. Uh, at Ring of Honor, 
Tony also went 28 and 10. Uh, Kevin, 24 and 14. I was 23 and 15. What was that? What was I for Ring of Honor? Uh, 24 and 14. Respect. And I was what, 28 and 10, you said? Yes. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm a Ring of Honor expert. Uh, dude, Impact. I feel like you're like 12 games above like every every promotion in the world. You just like know everything. Tony did well. Uh, Impact, Tony and Kevin both had a 19 and 12 record. Uh, I was 16 and 5. Wait, right. 16 and 5. Why are you like 16 and 15? Excuse me. I'm sorry. 16 and 15. My apologies. Still, still over 500. <laughs> yep. Uh, I was over 500 everywhere except for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, and this is the big difference maker. Uh, Tony was 17 and 10. Difference rain maker. Uh, I was 10 and 17. <laughs> and Kevin was 9 and 18. Oh, and yeah. This was New Japan? Yes. We only picked like a handful of shows. For yeah, there's only four shows that we picked. Oh, very respectable. Nine and 18, I must say. Yes. Uh, and that's where you threw up your goose. At. So I don't know. Oh, that's right. I don't know how much. Even if you went three and three, Kevin, I don't know if you would have caught uh, uh, T-Donk here. He was kind of a house of fire. Well, if I if I swept that show, that could have given me the fire that I needed, the momentum that I needed to, to have more faith in my picks and could have. It's all momentum. It's all a, it's all a big ball rolling. That's it. That's what it is. Momentum. So the, so the ball rolled in Tony's favor. Um, we all went perfect uh, three times. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. And uh, yeah, Tony is the victor. To the victor goes the spoils. Is that what they say? Thank That's you. It. Thank you very much. So Tony will pick. Uh, whatever our punishment is uh, in due time. I know he put something out in the discord a little while ago. There was some look. I'm not going to lie. There were some good suggestions in there. Someone wanted us to eat tuna pizza. Um, oh, I'm in. Wasn't the biggest fan of that. Uh, there was some good ones in there, but you know, at the end of the day, Tony, you have to make said decision. Yes, I do. So wait, if the more enthused I am about a punishment, would that be the less Likely you do it, Tony. I don't know, like Kev. I don't know. I got a lot. Like to if think I said about. I'll eat a tuna pizza right now, would you? Nah, nah. I mean, Miko Maestro eats a tuna pizza. I mean, how yeah, bad could it be? Miko Maestro is a freak of nature. He kind of is. He kind of is. Very true. And like, so not in like the, not in like the like super positive way. Just like he's a he's a freakazoid. It's <laughs> not very nice. Oh, I love him, but he's a he's a nut job. He is a bit of a freak. Yeah. Not in a bad way. No, not at all. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. I'm sorry. Ooh, I mean, to cough the mic. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So we are, uh, while we're here, let's talk a little New Japan Pro Wrestling. What a week. Uh, well, there's so much to talk about tonight, so hopefully we can cover it all. I know Tony's going to cut out a little early, so uh, I'd like to get to some of the stuff that Tony watched. Uh, and then me and Kevin will bring up the rear with some uh, hard to kill AEW talk. Speak for yourself. All right, I will bring up the rear. Um, Wrestle Kingdom, nights one and two. Uh, Kevin, did you get a chance to watch? All right, so I watched the main events of both shows, okay, of night one and night two. And I watched because I'm a sucker for Royal Rumbles, you guys know that. I watched the Rambo, that's all, right. all I had a chance to watch. So, all good, all good. Tony, I know you got through all of it, it took you a little while, but you managed. 
Yes, except for except for the two or three six mans that they had at the beginning of night two. I didn't watch okay. those. Yeah, I didn't watch those because uh, those were pre shows. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, did you shit yourself? No, I tried not to. Please. I didn't. I didn't shit myself. We're good. So, Tony, give me your give me your skinny Wrestle Kingdom night one. Um, really enjoyed the main event. Really enjoyed the main event. Uh, kind of surprised that Tanahashi wound up getting disqualified for his team, but I get bigger picture where they were going uh, with his match with Kenta. Uh, the Rambo was kind of cool. Um, who was the surprise guy at the end? I know Sima was in it, and he made it. Uh, uh, you had Tatsumi Fujinami. Fujinami, that's the guy. Yeah. I was like, really? Whoa. Where did they yeah. pull him from? I didn't realize he was still active. Well, he of. well he wrestled. I think I think they mentioned it because I watched the American commentary. They mentioned it that he was a part of Liger's uh, farewell tour. I think he may have yes. wrestled a match or two on that. You're right. I remember that. But Liger retired what a year ago already. I think so. Yes, it's been a while. Yes. It's been a while. Um, did the commentary seem about a second behind to you, like either one of you guys? Because they were. Yeah. Okay. They're, they were, I mean, they're in the States. They're probably, he's probably in like a studio. Kevin Kelly's in a studio like yours. And uh, that Chris well, guy is in. Chris Charlton London. is in Japan. He's in Japan, but he's, but was he there? No, but Kevin Kelly was in the States. Yeah. Now they were doing this commentary live as the show was happening. That's my understanding. I, because I did not feel good, did not. And I easily could have uh, stayed up to watch live, but I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't going to do that either. Um, trying to think about what else. I, dude, the main event was awesome, though. Shingo, uh, for as much as this became the Okada show, you know, two nights, Shingo deserves all the credit in the world, man. He carried the company on his back like the second half of the year last year, and he was beating the shit out of people. You know, his match against Jeff Cobb at last year's Wrestle Kingdom was one of my favorites in my top 10 and uh, deserved, deserved to be the champion, and he was great. His match with Okada was awesome. Um, trying to think what else was the oh the tag title match too. It was uh Goto and was it Yoshihashi? Yes. Great match. Love that match. Um, this was the night that Evil wrestled his singles match. Uh, let me tell you. I wanna I do want to cut you off. The first half of this show did not feel like a Wrestle Kingdom at all. The show no, it didn't. Show- Show and Yo was so flat. I thought it was so much more out of that, especially with their backstory, them being a tag team and them splitting up and and uh it just it just felt but, so flat. but not but not the worst match of the two nights. I'll get to no. that when we get to night that two. Fuck god damn it, fucking evil house of torture, dick to go can straight up fuck off. You know what? Evil's title win night one. I hated the match where they got where they screwed over for the six man in night two. I didn't mind it because it was like straight to the point and it ended the match. There wasn't a whole lot of like a whole lot of buffoonery going on there. But that first match with evil that first night, oof, I was pissed off, man. Tony, when was the last time you saw a big Tom, a bad big Tom match? I couldn't think of one. Exactly. And then you, they give us this. It was, I fucking hate, hate the house of, look, I was the biggest fucking evil mark when he won. I thought it was brilliant booking. Uh, yep. It was, it was a, it was a swerve, bro. 
Uh, I was all in, right? Man, they they fucking dick to go, and this house of torture. Every fucking match is the same. And Kate's got it right. Overbooking is evil. Uh, it's it's every fucking time I see night. I was watching night two, and I literally decided for the six man tag match. Uh, I was gonna go clean the litter boxes and take a shit. I had zero interest in it. No, trust me, it was a lot better than what they gave us for the Never Openweight Championship. It was, it was wait, much better. Wait, 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 like wait. wait. You're gonna? You're, did you take a shit in said litter box? No, 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 no. That's gross. That would oh, have been okay. fucking hysterical. No, no, no. I guess it's just overbooking. I fucking hate it. It's fucking awful. It's so bad. It's so fucking bad. Um, there's a the Desperado beat Hiromu, which was surprising. Yeah. What the fuck, dude? I think they're really pushing El Desperado as like the guy in the junior heavyweight division. And I don't have a problem with it. I love Desperado. I just felt like this was the like. I think we're all kind of in the same boat when it comes to Wrestle Kingdom. It seems like every year when they do these Wrestle Kingdoms, it's they change everyone loses their title and that was not the case this time a couple people we did i get a couple new champions but for the most part it was kind of right down the middle as fonzie would say no not really not really you got tanahasho you got evil you got the tag belts right but the six mans retain okada the the, uh the never open way yeah but okada won the belt on the first night so there was a title change there he still retained the next night yeah, but I mean, there was a title change. You know, I think there was a lot of title changes on this well, I show. I mean, I mean, it's that's the curse of having thirty-seven championships in your promotion. Fair point, Kevin. Fair point. <laughs> uh, My man Tanahasho, new new United States champion. Oh, we're not getting there yet. Uh, well, before before we get there. <laughs> All right, we found out during night one that New Japan was coming back to Axis. So they'll be on Thursday nights following Impact Wrestling. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and that starts in uh, a couple weeks, January 20th. They're going to start to, to start with the Jericho Omega match from a couple years ago. Uh, we also saw on night one Shibata return. Shit, yeah. And Renarita. Sh- and Shibata went into business for himself. Uh, that Ooh. That gimmick where he grabbed the microphone and change the rules to the match was not something that was supposed to happen. So what were the rules to the match initially? It was supposed to be like a catches catch can. Yeah, no, no strikes. Kicks, no punches, no strikes, just a pure wrestling match. And Shibata came out and said that uh, he said, no, I'm having a regular fucking wrestling match. He didn't give a shit. And apparently people backstage were freaking the fuck out, especially because the reason he was out of wrestling was because he had a goddamn brain hematoma, uh, and they were not sure if he was in a position to take any shots to the head. But obviously, it played out good, um, and him and Ren Narita had a fucking great wrestling match. They sure did. They sure is did. It, isn't Ren Narita a Justin Timberlake song? I think it's like when you get a stomachache, you get Ren Narita. Oh, yeah, that's true. Good point. <laughs> Forgot about that. CDC Tony right here. <laughs> Now, Tony, you may go on tonight too. My man, Tanahasho, didn't didn't dig the match all that much. Um, I don't know. Like, 
I know they were like, oh, the U.S. title has been taken a different direction because there's more of a hardcore aspect. I don't think these guys really needed it. It was awesome watching Tanahashi come off the top of the ladder. I don't know why Kenta had to build the ladder in the middle of the match. There was a lot of shit there that kind of just fell flat for me. But end of the day, Tanahashi, you once again, you're United States champion. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yes, uh, I read that uh, a lot of people were su- uh, Kenta and Tanahashi were not happy with this match because uh, the the instruments that they needed were moved, which is why there's so much of them searching under the ring for the weapons because they weren't where they were supposed to be. And it did not help that Kenta had to put that fucking ladder together. Yep. I'm like, he's tightening bolts. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> and you ready for this laundry list of injuries that Kenta sustained? Oh, shit. No. I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm ready. Yeah, but. Dislocated left hip. Ooh. Broken nose, tendon damage to his finger, and his back was all fucked up. Yo, yeah, so the broken nose was when he pancaked, didn't he? And he hit the, uh, when he hit the garbage can, and he was fucking bleeding all over the place. <laughs> Whoops. Now, my the match that I couldn't fucking stand, yo, Great O'Con is not good. Holy fuck, he's not good. <laughs> he is great. He missed so many spots, dude. Oh my god, it was bad. It was bad. It was rough. Tony, and I want to like Great O'Con. You know, I want to like him. I can't, dude. I just can't. Uh, Tony, where were you on the uh, Naito Jeff Cobb match? I liked it. You didn't like it? No, I loved it. Would you be impressed if I told you that Jeff Cobb wrestled that match on one leg? Oh, he had both legs. No, but he hurt his leg during the six-man, uh, but he went out and he he worked the match hurt. Good for him. Good Because he him. did all his fucking power spots. He's a fucking hoss. He's a fucking... He, dude, and what I don't understand is, like, I think he's only got, like... Does he have any wins in the Tokyo Dome? I think they were saying something like he only has one win or he hasn't won. He's never won at Wrestle Kingdom, right? Let's see. He lost last year to... What? Oh, God. Fuck. Oh, it was your match. Shingo. Yes. Uh, it was Shingo, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. It was Shingo last year. And I don't know about the year before. I know he beat, he beat Osprey at the Garden. Yeah, but I'm talking... Tokyo. That, yeah, I think last year was his first year at the Wrestle Kingdom. He might have been in a rumble a couple years ago. I have to maybe, check. maybe. Uh, were you surprised that Minoru Suzuki won the the King of Pro Wrestling trophy? Oh, and how awesome was it to see Sima in a fucking New Japan ring? That was cool. Did they change? Did they change the name of the company he's with? Who? Sima. Oh, he he oh. used to be with uh, OWE. No. Yeah, I think he's still in OWE, and I think there's another one that he's a part of. Because whatever that, I can't think of it. Whatever it was that they kept showing on the screen for him. I don't know if that was a new promotion or what the deal was. But his boys were out there. The Stronghearts made the appearance with him. Of course they did. Of course. Yeah, Minoru, Minoru winning was a surprise. But I, I kind of like where it's going to go with Yano. You could already see that, like, you know, coming down. with When he handcuffed him to the ropes and shit to get away from him. And they kept touting that Minoru is going to have, like, these crazy matches now for the uh, King of Pro Wrestling Championship. So it's interesting. I'm, I'm in on it. What do you uh what do you think of the the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team three-way with uh with uh El Fantasmo and they finally got his boot off of him? I I like the booking. I like it. 
that they, they, they disqualified the team and took them out of the match. It was something different. It was cool. You know, it's just weird that the rest of the match only went about two more minutes, but then you're also thinking like, Oh, if these guys were still in, maybe the teams could have like used that to their advantage and get screwed over. Like, cause it changes the dynamic of the match. I like the booking, but there's a lot more of strategy that goes into it where it's three teams as opposed to two teams. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was cool. So I had picked, uh, I think we all picked. uh, No, I think Kevin, I think Kevin picked the flying tigers on this one. And I think he got it right. Tony picked the bullet club and I picked the mega coaches because the story they were trying to tell was if Taguchi doesn't win because he wants to be the 69th IWGP junior heavyweight tag team champion yep. uh, that he was going to maybe retire. And they kind of tease like who doesn't a Taguchi Rocky Romero dissension there at the end of the match. So I was interested to see where they were going to go with that. Um, did you watch? The, did you like the start of match? Um, yeah. The hard part was, it's like when they're explaining the match, they're like, these two just wrestled each other and, you know, like she beat her for the title and now they're partners because all they did was draw straws to see who was going to be in this match. It was, it was okay at points, but an awful lot of fucking setting up moves just to do moves, dude. Like, every, all right, everybody gather around. She's going to jump off the top. It's like, come on. You gotta have a yeah. little bit of like you know spontaneity and shit. Yeah, like I feel that. that happens everywhere though. Yeah, but it was kind of blatant too. You know why? Because this this was a special attraction. This is the first time they were actually on the show, right? Like right. they've always been pre-show up to this point. So yeah. I don't know. This, and this is like you. This is your first big chance to shine. All eyes on you. And it was kind of like, eh, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I did not think it was terrible. I mean, except for the stuff where they were planning every like it just I don't know. It just seemed like too planned out, you know? Well, they gotta get their shit in and they only had like nine minutes, so well. Sometimes you're better off leaving that shit in a litter box. Good point. Like Good point. <laughs> like the fucking house of tor- every house of torture match ever. Uh and then Okada successful against Osprey, a fucking unbelievable match. Uh Okada continues to be arguably the best wrestler in the world. Back to back nights. Um and then post match, it looks like we have our first challenger, and that will be uh, Tetsuyo Naito. What did you think of Okada's promo at the end of night one after Osprey was talking shit to him and he's, he called him a fake champion? That was that was the only thing. Like I don't know. I know Ibushi doesn't really speak English. I don't know how well Okada speaks English, but hearing him just say like, "Hey, fake champion, I'll see you tomorrow," I thought it was funny as shit, dude. And Osprey lost his mind. Yeah, well, he probably wasn't expecting that. It was so cool. It was so cool. So let me ask you this. So night, they made a bit at, at night two. Naito came out and um, said that he wants to be the first in line. For the, and they were making a big deal that these guys never fought before. Is that true? That can't be true, can it? It's not true. They've wrestled many a times. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So why why would the the announcer saying like? I guess it was the translation. Like uh, maybe maybe I'm missing something, but I really thought they were saying like this was like a dream match that we've never seen before. No, they definitely didn't see that. They wrestled last year at Wrestle Kingdom. No, that's what I'm saying. That's why it was very weird. No, I don't know if anyone that, no. that or two they years ago. Yeah, last year was Ibushi and then Jay White, Ibushi Naito on the first night. Yeah, it was Naito and Okada at Wrestle Kingdom 14 for the first ever double champion. 
Yeah, and uh, didn't Naito win that one? And that that run didn't go so well. Yeah, no, Naito won it. I thought that the run went well. That was when uh, he won that, and then uh, pandemic but, hit. That's he. Ah, uh, there it is. And then everything was evil, and right that back to Naito, and then and then fuck uh, boy. Jay White and Abushi. You watch your mouth, young man. No, Jay oh. White never won both belts. Jay no, White, Jay White was involved. He lost night two. Yes, I know he lost night two. Because he's a fucking loser. I'm going to have to go back and watch because I really thought they were like big and like, it was like, I'm like, this isn't a big deal. Like, I've seen these guys like fight before. Like, so the like- story is that at the end of last year, Naito said 2021 was going to be his year and he was going to stand in the ring for Wrestle Kingdom and 2022. But 2021 was a disaster for him. He was hurt. He lost a lot. So the story, he's, they're telling the redemption story with him. So for him uh, to beat Jeff Cobb and then to come out and challenge, uh, be the first challenger for Okada, that's the story they're telling. So when would that happen? Obviously, it's not going to be Wrestle Kingdom next year. When would it? No, it'll probably be. So February 11th and 13th, they're doing the New Year's Gold Series. Uh, they have the 50th anniversary show in March, as well as the New Japan Cup. So I'm going to guess probably February. So is what this did, what the, the is this what the equivalent of like WWE or like American wrestling would be like? Is this like a filler match? Is this like a you know no one no one's giving him a shot at all? He's not going to win. Don't even like you know you're getting what you're getting. I don't know. Like a Drew McIntyre versus Baron Corbin title match, or like a Roman Reigns versus you know. I mean, for a while, somebody else. I mean, you know what you know what I'm saying, though, right? You get the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, but they've they've also shied away from doing that. Uh, that's how Jay White become the became the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. He had that first title defense against uh, Tony's fuckboy, and nobody thought he was going to take that title from him uh, that cold February afternoon. And he successfully t- took it from him. So you never know with the New Japan booking, um, the direction they're going to go. Sure, on paper. Uh, you would think like, oh, there's no way Okada's not going to beat Naito. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a great match, but you never know. You never fucking know. Uh, yeah, like the- who fucking knew evil was going to win, for God's sakes? I think I Perhaps did. Everything, everything is evil. Um, but, all right, so Okada, he's like their, he's like the Triple H, the John Cena, the Ric Flair. Like he's always going to get, like he's never not going to have a title. I feel like a year can't go by without him having a title run. He's going to have one every year. No, he didn't have one last year. All right. All right. (laughs) All right. Captain literal T-Dong. I mean, you said it, dude. He's not wrong. And he jumped on me before I had a chance to put me like, all right. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. So, but he's going to have like 25. How many rings does Okada have right now? 17. No, I, I I would believe that. This is his first as the world champion, though. This is a different title. Wait, right. What do you mean? It's a different title. It's a different because title they, because they they combined they it the combined IWGP the... heavyweight and the Intercontinental. Now they have the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, my fuck boy did that. All right, so that's not the, that's not going to be the same lineage as the. No, IWGP? it's not. As a matter of fact, even before the title match, the first night they went through, they always go through the history, and the history was. You know, Ibushi and Osprey and Shingo. Uh, Shingo, and then you know, uh, what you call? All right, I call bullshit. It's yeah, but it's a new title. But if it's the top belt in the only company that you like, 
it's not like a, a universal and a and a WWE. It's it's the top like WCW and WWE when Chris Jericho won, that's the undisputed championship. That's the, the WWE championship. No, that's not what they did here though. That's this stupid. Is a completely different title. This is why a lot of people were bitching and moaning last year. So this wait, so the so the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship has no lineage anymore. It's done. It's just done. for the past year. Just for the past year. For the for the world championship. The IWGP championship, that lineage is tied into this new belt, but that lineage is not this in this championship. All right. So if I go on Wikipedia and I go down and I scroll history of the IWGP championship, Okada winning this is not gonna be on there. No, your last your last champion was Kota Abushi last year when he unified the championships. That's stupid. So he is a if if you want to, he is a six time IWGP heavyweight champion. Kev, here it is. March fourth, twenty twenty one, anniversary event, unified, Tokyo, Japan. Unified with the IWGP Intercontinental Championship to form the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. So Kota Ibushi was the seventy third champion and the final champion. Now you go to the world championship, Kota Osprey vacated. Takagi beat Okada actually for the vacant title, and then Okada won it back, won it for the first time. Wrestle Kingdom 16 last week. So I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. A lot of people didn't. You're not alone. Okada, this is the first I'm hearing about it. No, you definitely heard about it, buddy. You just have the memory of a goldfish, as you say. Every no, week. no, I know, I know that the belt is different. I know that, but I thought the lineage would be the same. Yeah, it, it, it you would think, but now nah, they. They said, nope, this brand new championship. So I guess for all intents and purposes, both of the uh, belts that went into this thing are, are over and done. That's it. Cashed them out. Cha-ching. Cha-ching. I thought it would have been cool if Okada held up both belts. Well, I mean, that's you just know, if you remember last year when they did this, Okada was very much against it. And I think... No, no, I mean, I meant, you know holding up both world titles because Osprey had his and Okada had his. Oh, and did you notice Red Shoes wouldn't even acknowledge that Osprey uh was holding the belt? Yes. Well did you did you That's notice true. that uh night one Okada was using the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship as his Yeah versus the briefcase that they usually have. He's yeah. gonna I think I think he's going to be the champion for the better part of the year, and he's going to do away with the World Heavyweight Championship and bring back uh, the Intercontinental Championship and separate them again. It's possible. It's possible. It's a lot of stupid nonsense, but I think that's what's going to happen. I don't know, man. Kevin said it earlier. There's about 37 belts in uh, New Japan right now. I think it's better off that they don't have 38. There's always my head. Just you saying. love it. You love it. No, uh, not, yeah, but you also have the, the king of the... You have all these Dream Gate Portal Ninja Turtle uh, belts that are out there now. The Texas belt, whatever that is. Yeah, what the yeah. fuck is with that, dude? Why is Chase Owens carrying around the old fucking world-class Texas belt? Like, what's the story there? Because he's a fucking heel, and he walks around with a title he never defends in New Japan, but he wants to be recognized as a champion. Oh, so, so that's not move. a real belt. It's a real belt. He defends it in Texas. He never has once defended it in Japan. I don't know what's going on here. 
What do you think of what do you think of Osprey walking out with all these other belts? I know he's like the Rev Pro champion, but like the Warriors belt and whatever. He's a the champ. Belt. Fuck it. Why not? Flaunt it, baby. Flaunt it. Weird. Why is it weird? His fucking thing he's, is he's a he's a cocky heel. He's the fucking champ. He's the belt collector. He's cocky, all right. But that fucking that fucking what was it? The uh the moonsault off the top of that cage yeah, apparatus buddy. thing. That was fucking beautiful. That was sweet. Dude, yeah, and look. Let's put this into perspective, right? He has to go over there and he has to quarantine for two weeks. And he's probably living off of fucking cheeseburgers and pizza. And he's got to get oh, out there. Or a main event or fucking. Venison. He's probably taking some fucking mean ass Japanese shits over there, I, huh? Yeah, I bet, man. I mean, the fucking British diet sucks to begin with. Could you imagine swapping that out for some fucking Japanese food? Woo. Some, some raw horse meat, baby. Give me some of that raw horse meat. Yeah. Uh, to put a bow on New Japan Pro Wrestling, I watched New Japan Strong today. I've been, I have not been watching. Matt, Kevin, so did I. Ooh. Let me tell you something. I watched a fuckload of wrestling this weekend. I watch everything except the WWE and NXT this week. Yeah. Gabriel Kidd and Eddie Kingston was my favorite fucking match of the week. All right. You know I love me some Gabriel Kidd. You know he's yeah, my guy. He's my yeah. guy. There's I think gonna you're, a, there's going to be a butt though. I think you're. I think you're always overstating how good this match was. I fucking loved it. I thought it was fantastic. A lot of a lot of sloppy sloppy dudes. A lot of, I like I like when dudes beat the shit out of each other. But why not just punch each other? Because the the you get a better sound when you smack somebody in the fucking face. Yeah. Listen, don't get me wrong. They. They went at it, and it was a freaking hard. And I, I, the only reason why I checked this out is because I, I did see your tweet. I think to Kate or someone to say, "Go out of your way to watch this match," and I did. I watched the whole show. I actually, I actually really enjoy the production that they do, and I haven't watched New Japan Strong. I don't think maybe once, maybe twice ever. And I actually really enjoyed it. But this match was great. Gabriel Kidd's my guy. He's my guy. But uh. Yeah, and it was strong uh, that suplexes, but it was to me it was it was suplexes and slaps. Like, is that like? I guess it's a match. I guess it's a good match. I really enjoyed the match. Okay, what what is Gabe Kid going on his excursion? Is this his excursion? Is he still black trunks? Yes, because you can't go to fucking Japan. There's a goddamn pandemic. No, but I thought no, Japan... he's got his name on his tights. Yeah, but doesn't Japan send these guys like once they're ready not to be young lions anymore, like off to different promotions to go apply their trade? Yes. So why haven't they done this yet? Isn't he ready? I think he's like seasoned enough. No. Yeah, but I don't think they can look. I don't think they can send him. Don't forget, he's like Australian. So he was when the pandemic started, he was not at the L.A. Dojo and he was not in Japan. I think he went back to Australia and he was there for like 16 months. Well, listen, if. He might not, if depending on his, he might not be allowed back in Australia at all right now, based on what, what yeah, Australia over there. sucks. If you're in Australia, I'm sorry. Holy cow. Oof. Kevin Ryan Schlong says, uh, kicks and punches. Isn't that all the 92 Rumble is? Yeah, but when, but when there's 12 people in the ring doing it at the same time, it you have your attention is spread out as opposed to just a match between two guys, which is, which the only reason why I went out of the way to watch it is because the way that you hyped it up. And I'm not saying it wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible. Like who am I to tell what, what to, it was intense. It was 
It was had, had emotion. Hundred percent agree. One hundred percent. But like, not like when ninety percent of the match is I'm gonna slap you. I'm gonna let you slap me. I'll let. Oh no! I'll, you know what? I'll let you slap me too. I'll let you slap me as well. And then well, you know, do a sambo or something like that. And and it was good. It was fine. I just thought that I was really excited to watch it. And then when I watched it, I was like, oh, okay, it's pretty good. Yeah, but New Japan does that all the time with the forearm stuff. Again, that's my, I guess my uh, ignorance to what they were planning on doing. I don't, I don't watch new Japan strong. I, I barely watch new Japan. Now, wait a so, minute. Were they just slapping each other or they, but like, it was like strong style. It was like legit, like, like legit. They, they, listen, they, they were hitting. It they wasn't, it wasn't for the week. Yeah. Agreed. It's like, a, it's like a big Tom fucking Eugene Nagata match. Well, there you go. They beat the shit. I lo- look, I like when they beat the shit out of each other. Yuji oh, was see. in the Rambo, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Now, see, this is where Kate is wrong. Ryan with the W. Ryan's 100% wrong. Because yeah, Ryan, you this... suck. Oh, look out. Kevin's on his fucking high horse. No, no, no. He's. I'm, I'll, I'll keep it quick. Comparing Royal Rumble 90, 19, comparing, comparing any Royal Rumble to this match is silly. Because it's completely different, a completely different objective in the match. It's a completely different objective. Again, I have no idea what their objective was in this New Japan Strong match. All I know is, is what I thought about it. And it was slappy, slappy, dippity-doo. And you know, a couple throw suplexes, and it was—I mean, it was fine. It was intense. The emotion was there. I get it. I said it. It was great, but I—I got overexcited for this. Like, I went out of my way to watch New Japan because of the hype that you guys gave this, and I was just like, all right. You want to? You want to? You want to hear something really fucking weird? Yes. Royal Rumble '92 turns thirty. That's right. This month. 30 years ago that shit was happy birthday Royal Rumble 1992 you've earned it 30 years ago 30 dude oh i i I am well aware we are getting older i was in high school when the 92 rumble (laughs) dude i was nine years old i was i was graduating high school that year yikes what I wasn't I wasn't out of elementary school and you were graduating high school. I was starting Seton Hall that fall, dude. Woof. Woof. I'm old. Woof. Um <laughs> from New Japan Pro Wrestling, we're gonna go to NWA Power. Now, in fairness, I did not I started watching the uh, NWA USA, which debuted this week. I did not get through it. I'm really looking forward to seeing PJ and Luke Hawks lock it up. Oh, yeah. So I know you watched it, but I don't want to know who wins yet. But if you want to talk about it, you know, Look, you can. all I'll say about NWA Power U or not NWA Power USA, NWA USA YouTube show, 12 o'clock noon on Saturdays. It's a half an hour. It's a fucking great watch. It's really focusing around the junior heavyweight title that they're introducing. There's a tournament. Um, it, it was just, it was fun, man. Fucking popping on the YouTube, streaming it to my TV. Fucking George South is on my TV. It's 2022. Fucking George South is on my TV on a Saturday afternoon. You Don't know what was cool? Eight years old again. Did they? Did they? I know he was calling out Colby Carino. Do you remember when they were doing Circle Square? That those two guys actually wrestled each other. Did that? Was that what was playing into the story there? Yes. Okay. Um, also, Tim Storm is in charge of this show now. Like he's like yes, the general he is the, manager. Like, uh, the, the is the authority figure of just NWA USA. That is fucking awesome. 
that is really cool. Because when the, when those fucking when your boys were coming out, Colby Carino's guys, and they fucking gave George South the old beatdown, Tim Storm's like, not not on my watch. You guys are done. Get out of here. See you later. See you later, fixers. You sons of bitches. Those bastards. That Jay Bradley. I thought he was good people. What happened to him? <laughs> he found <laughs> a chief found a cheeseburger stand. That's what happened to him. Holy shit! I mean that wrecking um, ball. You don't like wrecking ball, Ligurski? Those two slobs. They didn't he have? Were... A, he wrestled Matt Taven this past week on Power. He didn't did. he? He came. They were they were talking shit, and fucking the OGK was having none of it. Yeah, OGK's been getting around lately too. You guys could talk about that later. That's oh yeah, shit we, right there. We definitely oh, will. Oh yeah. Um. Well, we we kicked off Power with a four way to see who qualified for the uh, NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship. It was Alex Taylor. Miguel Robles, Jeremiah Plunkett, and Jamie Stanley, who was flanked by uh, Sam Adonis. And we saw uh, Jamie Stanley steal a victory after a Jeremiah Plunkett spine buster. He just kind of booted him out of the, the ring and stole the pin. What did you think of this match, T-Donk? I, I am more and more a Jeremiah Plunkett fan every week. Dude is awesome. He's got the old school look. He's got the old school moves. And he got fucked old school by getting shit canned after he hit his finisher. And that was that. I liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, I like Jeremiah. I'm with you. And I love this this uh, Sam Adonis, Jamie Stanley type of, what are they, the rude dudes? Is that what they call themselves? Yeah, and he's got the fucking eyebrow and he does the pose and shit. What a dick. Yeah, real fucking <laughs> douchebag. Uh, so Jamie Stanley wins. From there we go to the podium. Aaron Stevens looks like he's an extra on what we do in the shadows with his fucking heavy eye makeup him and fucking Kratos. Yeah, but you know what's cool? This this was Aaron Stevens pre-pandemic. He was already getting into this kind of gimmick. And I love that Kratos is in on it. He's like, I he's like, I love it. I love it. You know? I like No, it. I'm with you. I'm with you. And ya. then the, and... The, the dirty sexy boys came out. What the, dude? <laughs> I don't know how JTG can keep a straight face with fucking duty, duty, duty over there, fucking doing all his shit, bro. When they said let's get weird, and JTG starts eating a banana, and Velvet Sky's like, "I'm in, bro." I fucking <laughs> lost it. I was fucking howling. The only time you ever laughed at something Velvet Sky did, huh? Seriously, man, I had a whole conversation with somebody Saturday afternoon on Twitter. A couple people like, I get like, I'm over the fucking Austin Idol Velvet Sky shit. It fucking takes. You'll yep. see it when you watch PJ PJ and uh, Luke, their fucking bickering takes away from the match. It's not a, it's not about them. This is not about Velvet Sky versus fucking Austin Idol and your yep. nonsensical bullshit yep. bicker. And you I should. blame I blame her more than him, because she don't it's, shut the fuck up. It's it's the curse of, I, I don't know who's behind it, but it's not the first time we've seen this in any company where. Or like the Jim Ross, Michael Cole stuff, like it happens every like couple years. It just rears its ugly head. But they just want to like, I don't know if the, I don't know if it happens in AEW that much, but um, it happens a lot. It happens a lot very often. I will. This I will. Was... I'll give Austin Idol credit. I don't really go for when he wears a t-shirt and jeans. I did like the fact that he was wearing some gimmick shit for NWA USA. He had like the multicolored fucking jacket on and shit. He looked more like a fucking wrestling manager than he usually does. He doesn't look like some schlub from the audience wearing a t-shirt. Yeah, if I was on fucking drugs, I would have been fucked up watching him in that outfit. Holy shit. I mean, I get it. Like, just dress the part, dude. Dress the fucking part. You know what I'm saying? No, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, maybe Tim Storm, like Tim Storm does commentary. He's like Joe Galley. He's wearing a suit. He's got the pin. Dress up. 
maybe Austin Idol can't afford. Oh, he can. He's got all that fucking money from that training school of his, Idol Mania, and the Idol School, or whatever the fuck he promotes. Idol Mania. Uh, we, we get May Valentine backstage with Tyrus and Austin Idol. Tyrus said that Sion made a bad deal with Idol. Uh, Sion fell for a trap. This could be a learning experience for him. And it turns out that Sion is having a handicap match against Jordan Clearwater and the Marche Rocket. I was hoping Sion would have won this, but I was okay with the result because I really like the match. I like the story they told. Usually these two-on-ones, it's always like some bullshit ending, but this one made sense. I really like this match. No, I'm with you. And it, look, it made sense for him to not win. It's two against one. Yeah, only so much a man can deal with. He's and he's got he's him. he's got better gear now too. You know, he's got the fucking matching tights with the cape with the mask. He's he's getting he looks he looks like he's gotten bigger too. Scion's he's he's the fucking man, dude. I love Scion. Yeah, and it looks like that that story is is progressing nicely, uh, and that, that we'll touch back on that later. What do you how do you feel about the pairing of Nick Aldis, Mickey James, and Anthony Mayweather? Uh, formerly known as Crimson. Well, Crimson also said, you know, our families do things together, you know, like we're friendly outside the ring. That doesn't make us business partners or anything inside the ring, which was kind of cool. So they're kind of keeping it separate. I'm, I mean, it's weird. Like, I feel like Crimson is just kind of like they're looking for a place for him. And I don't mind. I didn't mind this so much. You know, maybe he fits in with all this down the road. Who knows? Uh, genocide is uh, upset with Taryn Tyrell, and now uh, Palo Blaze is Taryn Tyrell's problem. So it looks like genocide is going face. Good for her. Uh, Kevin's boyfriend is out next with Mike Knox. Uh, he does some real Bush League bullshit promo. This fucking blowhard Matt Cardona. Uh, he brags about his social media following and says Trevor Murdoch doesn't have one. Um, I don't know if he. Uh, he took the same route he did today against Ricky Morton and make fun of him for not having an action figure. I don't know if that's the be all end all, Mr. Cardona. Very big uh, deal. But, Very big deal. But this fucking blow job, blow hard. He's out here running his gums. They're running down Murdoch. They're running down the Pope. Uh, I don't like Cardona, but goddamn, it's working because he is fucking fantastic in this role. He claims uh, Murdoch bullied him back in the WWE when he was just a young up and comer. Gave him, gave him the no-look handshake. Dude, this was fucking great. Cardona was on point for this. I wish Mike Knox was a little bit more than just a smiling, nodding head yes man. But, dude, Cardona was awesome for this shit. Now, this was a fake. Kevin, I don't know if you saw this promo, but Coach Hitz, he's like, we need fucking Pyro. I need this. Like, No, he's real. like, Pyro just for me and Mike Knox because we can't afford it for everybody. I was like, what? That was awesome. Yeah, it was it was real good shit. Definitely go check it out if you didn't see it, Kev. I kind of actually wish I don't. I was going down like the itinerary of what to watch because I, I, I really watched a lot, to be honest with you. And I should have picked this over what I did watch instead. <laughs> <laughs> which i'm sure we'll get to at some point but uh but uh i i i, sh- I should have watched this especially because you know my dear good close personal friend matt cardona uh is on fire like he always is always has been always had the potential to be and uh he's uh he's the man uh chris adonis and tom Lattimore. they say uh the nwa usa should be uh just for the national title and feature them um, I thought that was awesome too. I think the next, I thought this next segment was awesome. Camille and Missa Kate against uh, Kylie Ray and Tootie Lynn. Camille does not want to be in a tag match. She does not want to wrestle with this girl, Missa Kate. Uh, 
She wants nothing to do with this shit. She feels like she's the world champion. And she should not be treated like this. I um, like I like this girl though on the mic. She was fucking good on the microphone. Yeah, Miss Kate. Yes. Uh, uh, I, re- I don't think I'm sold on Tootie Lynn though. I don't know. I'm sold on Kylie Ray though, man. Anytime she's she can get her mind right. She could get in the right frame of mind. Man, she is so fucking good, and she she lends a world of credibility to the women's division in the NWA and any ring she steps in to uh, Tootie Lynn and Kylie Ray beat uh, Camille and Missa Kate. And uh, Camille has some choice words for Missa Kate after the match. She's not very happy with her. I'm there. She's the NWA world women's champion. Now she's got a loss on her record. Now look, I'm hoping this sets up Kylie Ray and Camille. Ooh. Uh, you mentioned it before, Tony, Matt Taven and Wrecking Ball Ligurski. Uh, Matt Haven with a win. Uh, he uses the top, he used the Ligurski going up to the top rope. He gets him in a compromising position, ends up power bombing him from that position, uh, to get the win. I thought it was a good match. Yes, 100% agree. Uh, I really enjoyed the next match, Natalie Markova and Pala Blaze. Uh, as you can tell from the Eddie <laughs> Kingston, uh, Gabriel Kidd match, uh, I just enjoy when people beat the shit out of each other. And there, this wasn't really a two-way street. This uh, Natalie Markova chick beat the fuck out of this Paolo Blaze girl. Dude, And is it just me or were the commentators like, yo, she's going to get fucked on this one? Holy shit. Dude, it was oof. Bro, she, she was, was fucking, laying them fucking thorns oh in, dude. You know what? Punches on the back. Do you, do you think this was like, I'm just going to beat you up and Paula was like, okay? Or do you think like Paula pissed off somebody and this is the fucking receipt she was getting? No, I, I don't know, is, man. I think this is the story they're going to tell because Taryn usually has genocide there, right? But there's no there's no big dog in the yard. So fucking Natalie Markova is going to beat the shit out of Paula Blaze. Taryn Tyrell's not going to get her fingernails dirty. Ta- Ta- you know what? I can take her or leave her. She was actually kind of funny in this match. I don't know how she runs around in those fucking outfits with the heels on and shit, but whatever. But uh, yeah, Paula's still, she's fucking really green, dude. Like, what is this, like her third or fourth match? I don't think she did anything before she got to NWA. So I don't know, man. This is a fucking ass kicking. I loved every second of it. Uh, and then we get her. She was getting beat so bad, her pants were falling off. How many times did you see her G string hanging out, dude? Uh, she took a beating. She fucking really did. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I really enjoyed the main event. It was six man tag action: Homicide and Love Rebellion against Jax Dane in the end. I love Jax Dane with the end, uh, and I thought this was just a lot of fun. Uh, a little chaotic at points, but uh, Homicide and Love Rebellion end up with the win. Let what me ask you a question. Yep. Uh, and I feel bad. I, I didn't. I don't remember us asking Paro. Maybe we did. What's that shit they spray in their mouths? I don't know. That's a, you know what? We didn't ask and we should have because it's like a silver. Yeah, and Paro's usually spraying it in Odinson's mouth and then he fucking like, ah, like like that shit. (laughs) Maybe it's Panaka. It's weird. It's like fucking spray paint or something. (laughs) Maybe it's. I I do agree though. I like Jack Stain being with these guys. It's a whole lot of beef on that six man. Oh boy. Uh hey, you know what? I'll say it. La Rebellion is growing on me. I was kind of yeah. hoping they would have lost to the end. I'm digging them. Now that I we get to see them more, I'm really digging them. 
Yes, absolutely. They're fucking fantastic. I don't want to give it away, Tony. Then don't. Then please don't give it away. No, just let me check. Because so, it was... Did you watch this all the way to the end? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. And so I, this... did it, I only did it because I read what you had mentioned. So I made sure I tuned in. Bro, I was... The show fucking ends. The credits roll. I'm not paying attention. I don't know what they're doing with Sour and Aro, but I am fucking all in, dude. I like it a lot. They all fight. in. It's like... After all this time with Sal just being an underdog, he fucking deserves this, dude. This is going to be a great run. This is going to be awesome. Even if he's just like the fucking, like the nut job to Judas's fucking like straight killer, it's going to be fucking great. Maybe he's going to be like the the Mikey Whipwreck, you know? Maybe he gets the Mikey Whipwreck role and and Judas is like the Tajiri, you know, just the guy that takes care of business. I like it. I was not expecting that. And the, the, the screen just goes from the outro music to a real close-up of a cracked-out looking fucking Sal Renaro. <laughs> he is just fucking giggling to himself like a psychopath. It is fucking fantastic. 100%. I'm all Love in it. on Sal Renaro. Love it. So Absolutely happy I got to watch NWA. And they uh, they re-signed Nick Aldis. Of course. And they announced they're going from four to six pay-per-views a year in 2022. More for me to win. And uh, uh, shut up. And that uh, NWA Power will be back on YouTube and available three days after it airs on Fight. Uh, so can, do, do I need to keep see. my Fight subscription anymore? Well, that's up to you. Let me hold on. Let me find it in my notes. I'm sorry. Let me give you the exact details because you can sign up for the pass too, which I think is fifty dollars a year, and that gives you here it is. Uh, for all access pass, it's. Uh, $50. And what do you get with that? The all-access plan is available now, giving fans the ability to stream all six pay-per-views on the calendar, debut episodes of Power, and the new NWA USA show. Oh, so this is going to give you the pay-per-views for the year? Yes. Oh, dude, I got to jump on that for 50 yeah, instead of 50 bucks five a, a month? Steal too. Yeah. That's awesome. Monthly I, I got to switch my sub. Monthly plans are also available for $5. And then purchase separately, the pay-per-views would be $25 each. So so if, so if you stay on the $5 monthly, you're not getting the pay-per-views. You gotta, I don't uh, have the exact details in the notes I pulled, but I would check into that. But if you pay, because it's a monthly plan, so I'm sure if you just, I mean. No, I've been paying the five a month, and I've been paying for the pay-per-views. So. Right, but that, now they're changing steal. their, yeah, they're, they're changing their platform. 50 bucks a, 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 month, a year is a steal. Exactly. So and look into that, same, T-Dunk. Yeah, it's the same model that the uh, the, the network kind of had. It's the same thing. That's They're awesome. Gonna, they plan on getting more subscribers for the lower price, but then they'll probably triple their subscribers and make more money in the in the meantime. Yeah. So it's a, and then I know the last this last set of power was only available on Fight. Now it's going to go back to being available on YouTube as well. Just a couple days after, so. Well, I think that's already happened because I went to, to, like I said, I wanted to watch NWA, and I I, li- I literally Googled NWA Power, and it was up. Yeah, I think it up. may have. I think they may have just started it this this yeah. week, last week. I don't know. And Aldis resigned his contract, so he'll be uh, continuing to appear in the NWA. 
Uh, Kevin, things that you probably didn't want to watch or that you think you should have watched instead of this. I'm guessing you watched MLW. Matt, I watched MLW. Right, you Kevin, and I also watched it, and I'm sure Tony did. I got to piss really fast, so I'm going to check out for two seconds, boys. But you guys may oh. start the conversation about MLW Azteca. Tony, why, why, are there so, why are there so many clowns in MLW? Like Every match had a clown in it. Well, this is this is what they're doing with the uh, MLW Azteca. So you know, even even before they started doing all this shit with Cesar Duran, uh, they've had quite a few uh, relationships with promotions in NWA, like the Crash Promotion, AAA stuff like that. So when you're doing business with these promotions, these are the promotions that have all the clowns. So you know, I know it's like Pagano, Psycho Clown, Murder Clown, Idiot yeah. Clown. So many clowns. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what it is. Maybe because they consider wrestling to be a three-ring circus in Mexico. I really don't know. And and I don't know. And just like I I thought that maybe the the Kingston uh Gabriel Kid match was overhyped. I don't think this was that bad. I didn't really care for the six man that opened the show. I really didn't like it. Okay. All right. It Some, was I don't I don't was was that was that Sin Cara in there? No, I don't I don't think so. I think I don't, he had the same gear, uh, the same mask. I think a lot of those masks all kind of look the same. <laughs> no, no, dude. This was like the trademark Sin Cara. But I, I just couldn't tell who. It was It was hard for me to tell which luchador was which when they mentioned them by name. Because I had no clue. So uh, I'm trying to see. Little, I... Go ahead, the, the go dude, ahead. It was a little sloppy, but like. I mean, they're not doing easy stuff. So to me, it was like, it was all right. There's a nice little 630 out of there by that that one masked clown. Yeah, but it just seemed like they were too all over. Like, look, I get it. Lucha Libre is a lot different than, you know, your, your standard American wrestling. And right. it's fine for what it is. This one, I just felt like it was like way too much. Okay, just stand in a position and then just do a move. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, it didn't it didn't really feel smooth at all. It just felt like it was like just guys just getting into a position and then just doing a move. Like it just seemed now, was like this, way disjointed for me. Was this the premiere episode of this Azteca Underground thing? Yes. All right. So maybe in their heads, they're like, all right, just like kind of like what Nitro used to do. What are we gonna kick the show off with? How about we do a banger six man tag match with flips and this and that and all, all this stuff to try to ingratiate ourselves with you know, the American audience. And listen, I'll say this, their setup is awesome. Like that might be the best looking. I know it's, I think they were in Mexico because that was the set of like the crash, I think. Yes. So their, their setup is better than anything other than, you know, you know, a major show like AEW dynamite and, and raw it's, it was pretty, it was pretty dope. Like I, like the, the the appearance the presentation was 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 all right again i didn't hate the match but i understand why people why why people would it, it, it was a little all over the place a little sloppy little uh there's a guy wearing a hat backwards and not with sunglasses underneath it i yeah. think you know what kev you're absolutely right i had to look it up it's uh mistazes junior that is the former sankara you are 100% right i don't know how i didn't i didn't realize that Probably because I was a little put off by like just the spots being missed everywhere. You know, I had a great match at this show, Richard Holiday. You know, it was weird. 
Richard Holiday coming out with Alicia Atout. Yeah, but to be fair, there was a there's there was a story there, and I think that was the whole purpose of yeah. the match was to get over this story with Alicia Atout and uh, Caesar Caesar Duran and uh, no. all the backstage shenanigans she's getting herself into. Yes, but it cost Richard Holiday the match because he was like, "Where are you going?" She was fucking take. She was kidnapped. What do you mean? You you were don't act like she walked away. Some little ghoul in a red mask came down and stole her. And well, that little ghoul was also offering uh, Dynasty Bro a bunch of fucking twenty five thousand dollar Rolexes. And Hammerstone's like, nah, we're not taking them, dude. Hammerstone does not like Cesar Duran, and, and I and love it. And there was yeah. the ongoing story where, like, eventually Richard Holiday gets you know a. a air quote detective uh comes and takes Richard Holiday away which doesn't perf- which doesn't help him uh to help Hammerstone and the- so this was like uh, the consistency was there from everything from uh the Atut to the Holiday to the Hammerstone to you know Hammer will Hammerstone side with this guy for like maybe one night or something like that and then you had the big the big muscle men like uh King Muratez and uh, Black Taurus Hogan. Um, <laughs> I I liked it. I, I, I didn't hate it as much as I thought. I, would I rather watch NWA? Yes. But I didn't hate this as much as... I just didn't like that opening match. I know Matt was pissy about it. Oh, it's just, to your point, it's too much fucking standing around. And they, like, they just line each other up. Like, they'll turn around and take two steps to the left to make sure they're in the right spot for the dude jumping off the top. everywhere. It happens everywhere. Yeah, but no, you know what? This, this was blatant, dude. This yeah, was it, really... You notice it more because it's literally every move. Like, right. I, I mean, like that's when, fair. When, when um, oh, what the fuck did tape when, when Ring of Honor had the relationship with the CMLL and they did the fucking... The, the Rudos mania or whatever, where Taven got his fucking head shaved. Like even that was like so hard to fucking watch. And the referees were terrible. It was just, it was not good when it's, right, I so, think when there's multiple men involved, I think that they just, it's too planned out. If that's a possibility. So, so MLW is probably in their heads. Again, I, I, I'm an idiot. So what the hell do I know? I know nothing. None of us know anything, but in my head, like they're thinking like, all right, this is a new a new thing. What do we think will get people in? All right, well, AEW does super kick party, all this stuff, all this, you know, flying, you know, Tope Suicidas every other match. So maybe they're thinking, all right, we have these six guys. Actually, I only knew, I think I only knew one of them. I think Sin Cara was the only one that I even, even ever heard of. But, uh, uh, but like, all right, so what, what's going to get people? What's going to draw people in and watch our show? And if you execute it perfectly in this opening match, then yeah, maybe people will will chime in. Sadly, they didn't. And there was like, I think the, the opening spot was the guy in the all white. I forget his, I don't remember his name. I'm sorry, but he did like like all these flippity flippity to just do like an arm drag. He didn't even connect with the arm drag. Yep. Like so, like yeah. I, I'm not I saying exactly. it wasn't tough to watch, but I don't. I. I'd, I'd I'd watch it again. Well, Aramis and Ares is the feud that started in MLW. So those guys each captain their own team during this match. But I get it. It just wasn't for me. Okay. This this was okay. not good for Lucha Libre. Like if it, if it was well executed, I could accept it and enjoy it. But this, it was just it was all over the place. It was rough. 
And the referees in Mexico yeah. are notoriously That's a fucking fair bad. That's dude. a fair point. Notoriously bad. They get the biggest motherfuckers they can find, put a referee shirt on them, and then these guys struggle to hit the canvas and then struggle to get back up again. No wonder there's always two referees in these fucking matches. I'll tell you what I am excited for. Uh, Alex Kane, Calvin Tankman. The hype yeah, that was dope. Right there. And 5150 in the Von Erics. Can't wait for that. That's going to no. be fucking great. I can't wait for them to get out of Mexico because this is going to be a couple more weeks of this shit. <laughs> and, and, I, and I do want to chime in on that. The video packages, all of them, uh, the Von Erics, uh, 5150, the Tankman stuff with uh, King. Those are all, all, those are all extremely well done. And they told, uh, they all, if like I watched MLW for the first time in God knows how long. And I was like, all right, I'm caught up. These are good. Like, I like it. Yeah, they did a good, they did a good I job mean, here. Pretty much all you can ask for. I mean, on top of what you have in the ring, I, I think they go hand in hand. Uh, and that's all to promote their blood and thunder event taking place in Dallas. On all right. The 21st. All right. So that, <laughs> Blood and Thunder. Is that is there some sort of like backstory to why that's the name of a show? Not to my knowledge. You don't like it? Blood, like, blood have to do with like an inconvenient weather condition, like Blood and Thunder, urine and lightning. Like, ooh, <laughs> guys, I'm sorry, I got breaking like, news. How does that make sense? Kev, breaking news. Um, your boy Chad Gable. What's his team name with Otis? Alpha Academy. Alpha Academy is your brand new. <laughs> Give it to us, Pete. Blood and Thunder champs. Your brand new Raw Tag Team Champions. Breaking news, folks. There you go. If you're not, if you're listening to this and watching us, and you missed Raw, or we're gonna watch it later. Sorry, Tony just ruined it for you. <laughs> sorry, sorry, not sorry. What do you think of the main event here? Uh, Hammerstone and Pagano against uh, King Muertes and Black Torus in an apocalyptico match. It was apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was all right. I guess. I don't know. Better than the first match. I am impressed. I, I every time he does the the nightmare pendulum, it's impressive. I'll tell yep. I'll give you that. Except for when Savio Vega almost fucking breaks his legs because he doesn't know how to fucking tuck. What are you gonna do? Um. Yeah, yeah. What'd you think <laughs> of the end? The th- the beat down three on one. Sucks. Ah, do you think, do you think Hammerstone's gonna lose a kidney title? Kidney title? No. He's not gonna lose the title. He's fucking Hammerstone, dude. He ain't well, losing he just shit. All these mass assailants carried him out of the ring. It's Mexico. What Yo, do you think happens? I will tell you this though. If they're gonna, He's gonna if become if they're gonna hammer clown. All, if they're gonna have all these mass assailants come out there, can you please like not have them wear jeans and a t-shirt? Like, there you go. <laughs> Like, if you're going to do it, like, at least have them all in all black or all, like, at least wearing, like, a button-down and, and something. You guys were, like, the crowd. It's literally, like, the the guy that was just, like, serving, uh, you know, yep. somebody food in the back. Like, oh, we need somebody. 
Let's do this. Like that like a, looks so trashy. It's ridiculous. It was a bunch of Austin idols and masks. Uh, next week you'll see uh, Alex Kane against Aerostar fifty-one fifty against uh, to be announced, and Bestia six 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 will be in action. Um, the card for the Texas show, Blood and Thunder, Kevin's favorite new pay per view. Yeah, back. That was cool. Uh, we'll see a false count anywhere MLW World Heavyweight Championship matches Hammerstone defends against Pagano. We talked about fifty-one fifty against the Von Erics. Jacob Fatu against Mads Kruger. Alex Kane Tankman. Roxy against Miranda Gordy and Davy Richards against ACH. Ooh. I like that Miranda Gordy's coming in too. Like that a lot. Yeah, what? that'll be that'll be interesting. Dude, the fucking the free, what were the the free babes when they free when babes. they were in the, the NWA women's tournament? I thought that was cool as shit. Yeah, it's a bummer we haven't seen more of them. Yep. Yes, it is. All right. So, Tony, I know you're you're looking to get out of here. So let's I just want to talk about this before uh, Tony leaves and me and Kevin uh, move forward with the show. Huge announcement. And take a break. Yeah. Well, they're going to take a break after this. Uh, Huge announcement Friday night on SmackDown. Mickey James will be in the WWE Royal Rumble uh, in about three weeks. Um, For those of you not familiar, she is the Impact Knockouts champion she's the uh world champion there she's on the nwa and obviously she had a very public exit from the company uh where her shit was stuffed in a a fucking plastic bag this is huge what do you guys take take away from this this huge announcement friday night it's huge it's a big deal good for her Um, you know i'll go first (sighs) I don't. I, I think I, I think it's cool. Huge, I think is is another overstatement. Again, like she's not under contract anywhere, so it's not like it's not like groundbreaking where they're working with so and so and so and so and so and so to bring her in. She can do whatever she wants. So, but I mean, it, I think it does have more ramifications with impact as as it does with with that. So obviously, and that's why I think we'll get to hard to kill. I think that's why they kept the belt on her. So uh, I think it's 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 awesome. It's cool. It's great for Mickey James. The fact that they were able to mend fences and everyone that was responsible for that debacle is no longer with the company, uh, with WWE. So like I was pretty pumped at first when I, I sent you guys a text like, "Whoa, this is cool." Then I realized that she wasn't under contract with Impact or anyone. So I was like, "Oh, all right, that's not super big deal." But if uh, if if impact if impact kept the belt on her, then then it's a big deal, and they did. So I think that's pretty much the lesson you can all, all learn from this. It's cool, it's awesome, love Mickey James, but it's not as groundbreaking as I, I initially thought. If she had been under contract with somebody else, I'll go first. I mean, I think uh, I the they... lag, Tony, the lag. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, dude. It was like a 20 second lag, dude. Ask Matt. That's why he's laughing so hard. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll leave right now. I won't come back. I don't even give a shit. Like, sorry. No, it's embarrassing, is what it is. It's embarrassing. It's been like this for the last 15 weeks. Oh, not 15. Not 15. I'll give you like six. Kevin's going to take his ball and go home. No, Kevin's cool. Kevin's all right. 
Oh, fuck. That was funny. I know. That's why. I did. Look, I had a great singer last week. I got to get one in before I leave, right? Ah, uh, you're fine. No, it's a, it's, I'm a disgrace. Kev, you're fine too, bro. I love you. But I, I had to say something. Come on. It was funny. What did you say? Was... What was the line? No, I had first started talking. I said I thought it was great. And then, all like, it was literally five seconds later, you go, I'll go first. So then we were like, what? Oh, <laughs> oh shit. All right, so Tony. You think, you think she shows up with the belt? I don't think she does. I don't think they. I don't think hundred percent does. Hundred really? percent does. I, see, I'm thinking no. I'm thinking. What, what else is there for? What else is is there in it for for her and Impact if she doesn't? I'll tell you this much. Uh, didn't Pat McAfee say that's the Impact Knockouts Champion when she was announced? Yeah. Okay. So WWE did a lot more for Impact than AEW did. No. Yes. There you go. There you go. Uh, but I, I, I'm with Kevin. I think uh, she definitely shows up with the belt. Hundred percent. I'd be surprised if she did. I'm not saying it's out of the realm possibility, but I'll be surprised if she did. No, I'd look for for them to first mention it. Why? On... And... Why? I, no, I mean, no, I don't know. Right, right. I think it's weird. <sighs> You know what? Maybe you're right. I don't know. I just think it would be weird. Well, I think that's the point, though, right? Like, here we are, and I, I, I'm i trying not to use the term forbidden door because I think that's been used to fucking death, right? Stupid. But, but no matter which way you slice it, right? She could be under contract. She's not under contract. And we've seen them do it before. What was They wanted to put Christian in the Hall of Fame, and he was under contract. And there was, like, a trade, right, with Ric Flair or something goofy like that. Yep. Uh, you know, 2022 though, here's, here's SmackDown WWE, uh, and, and everybody's been over the moon with the AEW crossover with new Japan and impact and ring of honor and MLW and every promotion under the sun. And that, you know, the last thing any of us are expecting is WWE to get involved. Uh, and then here we have SmackDown, like you said, Pat McAfee, that's the impact knockouts world champion, Mickey James, um, and I think, you know, Scott DeMore is not dumb and Mickey James is definitely not dumb. And she was, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if she brokered the deal and was like, I get to come down with this title. Like these people did not put my shit in a bag and fucking boot me. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do correct for impact for what they've done for me. You know, and that, look, they, I know you didn't watch hard to kill Tony, but they mentioned it on hard to kill. She's going to be at the Royal rumble. Like this is huge and news today. And, and I didn't, uh, follow up but the rumor mill and i don't know if there's any truth to this so don't fucking jump down my throat don't attack me but they're saying that there's more the wwe has more forbidden door i hate to use the fucking term i don't know what other term to use though but surprises in store for the rumble well i already heard that summer ray's coming back again kelly kelly the bella twins are going to be in it i also saw lita's going to be in it that's hardly that's hardly forbidden door material forbidden door would be like if uh no, but I'm saying, like, in terms of surprises, like, it's nice to see that these these folks are coming back, you know, for another shot again, which is cool. Yeah, but that that's that's par for the course with the Women's Royal Rumble or and even the Men's Royal Rumble. That's pretty much standard at this point, um, especially for the women's because the the roster isn't that loaded. So you have to you have to go to the past. You have to go to people. Uh, and uh, listen, I'm not trying to downplay it. I think it's awesome, but. It's like it, w- it wouldn't be as awesome if she was actually under contract to Impact or actually under contract to NWA or actually 
somewhere with that in that in that realm. No, she's still she's still being mentioned as the knockouts champion. So there's something to that. The WWE could have simply said, you know, Hall of Famer Mickey James or what is she's not in the Hall of Fame yet, is she? She's not the, I think she's in the impact hall of fame. Yeah, but she's not WWE Hall of Fame yet. Uh, yeah. I, we, I, like I mean it'd be crazy not to put her in year. eventually. You know. Yeah. See, so I think like you know, you want to throw around the term forbidden door. I think like Jericho showing up the rumble would be huge. That, that ain't going to happen. Come on. I, I don't know if we're in a position to say things aren't going to happen anymore. You know, look, it's, it's one thing if he's going on Austin's podcast to get interviewed, it's another thing to have somebody under contract with the other major promotion to show up in your Royal rumble. I mean, I mean, we're not talking Haku here. We're talking Chris Jericho and no, no offense I, to the great Haku. Oh, the great Haku, the, the great Ocon. Um, oh God. Uh, so like we, not to, to, to get ahead of ourselves to hard to kill, but like, say like if, all right. So who's like the biggest star in ring of honor right now? That's not doing other stuff. Matt. Uh, Shane Taylor, maybe. Yeah. Shane Taylor. Now, if Shane Taylor shows up, that's like, that's like, but would, would, do people know Shane Taylor? Like we know Shane Taylor. No, mm. no. I, I look, I love Shane Taylor, but no, I don't think so. Yeah. So, all right. So what about, all right. So I, I, I have to rule out everyone from AEW. I have to, I just can't see that happening. Oh man. Imagine Riho shows up for the fucking rumble. Ugh. Riho. Hey, Mott Spock. What about Roxy? There you go. Nobody knows uh, who beautiful. she is, but that's a big name. I mean, I shouldn't say nobody knows who she is, but I think she's in the same position right now as Shane Taylor. Probably less so because Roxy hasn't been doing this all that long, right? Right. So look, I think I think there's a huge drop off between Mickey James and Shane Taylor and Roxy. Uh, no, fair enough. No arguments here. I, I don't if we're, if we're talking about this whole forbidden door air quotes, then like we have to be realistic in it too. Like, listen. We we have no idea, but I seriously doubt. Like, unless you have some serious clout, like Jericho would be the guy. Like, maybe Matt Hardy. Maybe Matt Hardy wants to come back and and be in the Royal Rumble. Uh, Matt Cardona. All right, I can see that. Look, when Mickey yo Nick G- motherfucking Gage is gonna be in the Royal Rumble and shit. When Mickey Mickey James got released in April, eight months ago. Right, uh, seven months ago, if you were like, Mickey James is going to be on NWA TV and the Impact Knockouts Champion, and she'll be in the Royal Rumble, we would have been like, that's the fucking dumbest thing I've ever heard. That'll never happen. Yeah, I agree. Fair enough. This could be like, and look, no one's saying that that you know Jericho's even a possibility. But when you go down the list, like Jericho Hardy, you're absolutely right. Like for a one-time nostalgia Royal Rumble thing, which is what they do at the Royal Rumble. It's going to be, yeah. look, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge news for wrestling. I really can't wait. Royal Rumble is my favorite time of year, too. Hey, Love Tony, it. what if uh, what if Trevor Murdoch entered the Royal Rumble? Ooh, I was thinking Camille, actually. I think imagine, imagine, of... that, imagine that big bitch coming down the aisle. Oh, I, I know, bitch. Sorry. That big woman coming down the aisle. 
That'd I be awesome. I think it's fantastic. And the possibilities are, there's a lot of fun out there. And, and, you know, I saw some, as always with the internet, you're going to see some horrible takes, but at the end of the day, man, this is great for everybody. Camille's going to enter and, and Kelly Kelly's going to clothesline her right out. <laughs> she's going to get the bushwhacker treatment. I mean, didn't get, didn't Walter get the same treatment at survivor series? Sure did. A couple of years ago. Didn't didn't uh didn't Brock Lesnar look at Keith Lee and go who go who the fuck is this big fuck? Yeah, the Royal Rumble. No, that, that was in the Royal Rumble, but he was that was more of like an impressive like oh my god, look, that's a big boy, like, that's yeah. a big boy. <laughs> so that was more like respectful than like the Mike Knox treatment when Shawn Michaels super kicked him and no, said, who, who the fuck was, was that? that? <laughs> what an asshole! That's shocker. Shawn Michaels is an asshole. <laughs> hey, Shawn Michaels, the only guy who's still got a job. Holy shit, man. They're just fucking dropping them left and right, right? Regal, the road dog, dog, uh, Timothy Samoa Thatcher, Joe, Samoa Samoa Joe. Joe Danny Birch. Uh, they're fucking, they're just starting completely over. Allison Danger, who I didn't know was Steve Carino's sister. I had no idea. Yeah, I learned that today. Yeah, that's a shitty, that's a shitty story, too. Sure is. What the fuck, dude? Holy fuck. Well, you guys could tell those stories and more after after this. <laughs> I gotta go. Come on. Yeah. All right, we're gonna. Uh, what do we always say? T Dunk. Uh, are you running the commercials some... or am I running the commercials? You, you got. I don't have any of that shit open, so you got to run them for me real fast. All right, uh, Kev. Uh, back I'm sorry. This. Thank you. Back, back, back. We know you love shopping at Amazon, and we also know you love listening to The Shining Wizards. That's why you're hearing this commercial right now. But were you aware that you could combine the two, do all your shopping, and support the show at the same time? Well, of course you can. Instead of going to Amazon.com, go to Amazon.ShiningWizards.com and make your purchases the way you normally would. You're going to get the same great low prices, and a portion of whatever you purchase is going to go to support the Shining Wizards. How great is that? You, by purchasing anything that you normally would anyway, is going to support us. That's a win-win in my book. So from now on, when you shop at Amazon, go to Amazon.ShiningWizards.com or click the banner on our website and do all of your shopping with the Shining Wizards. Because of the obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens, and because of the crisis which is even now developing, this radio station will remain on the air day and night. This station and hundreds of other radio and TV stations throughout this part of the country are pooling their resources through an emergency network hookup to keep you informed of all developments. Horns up, everyone. When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure every Friday to check out Radioactive Metal. Radioactive Metal is one of the longest-running podcasts on the interweb. And every week, we bring you a fist full of metal, including interviews with all your favorite artists, discuss all the metal news, and feature the best tunes on the air today. So grab a Lemmy, join your cool Uncle Snowy, and co-host Aaron in the pit. Your recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting from the current to the way back. Join the impact player Phil Rea and the Portuguese Man of War Choppy for the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Live every week on RantEMRadio.com. 
Get all our episodes over at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audio Boom, Google Play, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com, and TurnBubbleThrowbacks.com. Are you tired of being told what to think and believe by Hollywood elites and politicians who just don't care about you? Tired of not getting the truth when you watch the news? Tired of trying to figure out what pronoun to use? Tired of mob mentality when all you want to do is think for yourself and make up your own mind? That's where we come in. This is Justin. And Vince. Your host of Inconclusive Breakdown. We are a weekly anti-PC podcast bringing you entertainment and current event news without any spin. If you want to truly stay informed on what's going on in the world, then give us a listen every Sunday, anywhere you get podcasts, at least till Zuckerberg and Twitter Jack deplatform us. And as always, we're proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. Tired of the PC police telling you what you can and cannot say? Want a show that travels back to the 80s and 90s where the badass hosts have beaten down cancel culture on three separate occasions and carried on to gloat about it? Since 2013, The Midnight Journey is that show. Travel back to the malls and arcades, pop in your VHS, and join us where the 80s and 90s return from the dead. Conan, tell them where to find us. WLWstudios.com, home of The Midnight Jury podcast, hosted by Midnight Mike and Calvin Brody. Also available on all major podcast platforms via the Shining Wizards Network. And join in the conversation on Twitter at Midnight Jury. wrestling fans you want something awesome check out wrestling night in canada here on the shining wizards network where three canadian metalheads uniting for the love of pro wrestling every episode we go over all the latest news and special events with the odd unique interview as well so grab a cold one and check out wrestling night in canada hey are you tired of being uninformed together we can change all of that Experience a podcast like you've never heard before. You'll gain knowledge, have some laughs, because we believe this is the last AEW podcast you'll ever need. Join us every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. on RantEMRadio.com and Facebook Live. We can also be found on all major podcast forums as part of the Shining Wizards Network. So stop listening to inferior AEW podcasts and bring a new podcast into your life by joining us. Join the Mark Order Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at MarkOrderPod and on Facebook.com slash MarkOrderPod. Don't forget to tag us on social media and use hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way way back, mate. Yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Roadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, no, yeah. Well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about professional wrestling. And we're talking about movies. 
go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW. And if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter at the broadcast. That's B R O. K-A-S-T. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Absolutely right. Take it easy. All right. We are back, and we're going to take this time to thank those that support us over at our Patreon. So if you're a fan of the Shining Wizard Wrestling Podcast and you want to support us, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash wizards podcast and for as little as a dollar a month you can support the shining wizards wrestling podcast so at this time we're going to thank those that support us over at our patreon uh kathy hummer the queen of the shining wizards uh mr manny Crazzo, the king of the shining wizards danny and anthony russinello the aop of the swp uh sean toe sean Calejo. Uh, Kate the Great Hensler, you heard her here last week from ondeckic.com, Fight Club, Sour Graps, the Mark Order podcast, pretty much any wrestling podcast in the existence of the universe Kate has been a part of. Uh, Matt Garifo, no relationship to the KJG, Maddie Mellinger, Christine Friesendorf, uh, Mark Parloni, just freezing, uh, Kenny Hossey, the Scotch Drinkmore. Uh, Jay Cop, Big Cop Pump from the Turnbuckle Throwbacks, Thomas Cops, the Mott Spock, uh, Michael Hammond, Matthew Birch, <laughs> Braden Bergen, the LeBron James of Mattel Elite Figure Collecting, uh, Brendan Haney, Carrie Cowling, Ryan Schlong, Asian Joe, David Henry Bauer III, Mike Peterson, Rob Humphrey, and last but certainly not least, his pal Antonio Hosserman makes experimental music at harvestmanrecords.bandcamp.com. Mr. William Mercier Jr. Lives are going to be in William Mercier's hands, if you know what I mean. Kevin, I know what you mean. Uh, we lost Tony because he's old and he's tired. Uh, but that works out because I doubt he watched AEW, and I know he didn't watch Hard to Kill. So me and Kevin are going to take you on this exciting journey uh, as we pull this train into the station tonight. Uh, Kevin and myself were both at Dynamite Wednesday night in old Newark, New Jersey. Uh, Kevin, thoughts about the live Dynamite? Well, it's never not an experience, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> it's always... Uh... There's there's always something going on it and now um of course this was um the first show on TBS for AEW which is uh they did over a million views so you can't say it was a bad move yet so that's awesome for them and of course it was all centered around you know the the rematch with the three judges for uh, Brian Danielson and Hangman Adam Page for the AEW uh, World Heavyweight Championship a little kind of of underwhelmed i guess because we i think we got in our own heads about the judges i think we got in our own heads a, a lot about like who the judges were going to be for this match and uh the fact that it was big show and mark henry two legends hall of famers all that jazz and, Jer and jerry lynn i think we got right but it was just like i was like all right what are like all right it's big show and mark henry again it's okay a little underwhelmed but the match itself was absolutely fantastic loved it 
crowd, super crowd energy was was through the roof for this match. The entire way. Glad we didn't get an hour. Uh, but uh, glad it didn't come down to the judges. So I, I absolutely adored it and thought it was great, except for the fucking idiots in front of us who had the fucking posters and wouldn't fucking put them down. I mean, to be fair, once I told them to put the fucking signs down, they pretty much did. Oh, maybe maybe, maybe one because I had like I literally had to be like the nice guy, like because I remember like I remember they were young. They're probably looking like they might be like twenty three years old, maybe twenty three, twenty four, and they were trying to. And none of their posters, I don't think, had anything to do with the show. It was just trying to get their, like we, we used to do it, like shine, like, bring your shining wizard sign to the show and and get it on the air. We'll give you this and that or whatever. So I get it. I'm not like I'm not numb to that, but I'm just like, come on, man. I'm I'm old. I can't be getting up every single time. Like in the attitude error, where every every time someone put a poster up, I can sit up and stand down, or you know, stand up and sit down every two seconds. I was, it was it was annoying. It was obnoxious. Uh, so I get it in the big time moments. You want to stand up like the huge pops and all this and all that, the big stuff. Great. Knock yourself out. But I'm like, come on, man. It's freaking like, like no offense to Jake. It's Jake Atlas coming to the ring. Like sit the fuck down with your goddamn poster. Like, I, like, come on. Like, but so uh, that's what, you know what? I didn't factor that in when I purchased the tickets. I just knew we were on the hard cam. Uh, and I really, the adults with the signs is hysterical. That, listen, it's, the seats were fantastic. They were, they were incredible seats. We were like, the, other than like the knucklehead, we just got the wrong knuckleheads. We just got the wrong people sitting in front of us. That's all. Um, well, we, also behind us. Don't don't forget that. Who? Oh, what happened behind us? The guy over my left shoulder closest to Anthony, he was a bit aggressive with some of the things he was yelling. All right, Matt. I don't know if I don't know if you could hear him. No, I I didn't, but I have to I knowing you as long as I have and knowing some of the stuff that I've heard you yell and if the fact that you feel like it's aggressive. Uh I think at one point he was like, uh I want her to die. I hope she dies. Oh my god. I was That's like, Yeah, nice. buddy, you gotta fucking Calm down. He's like, he's like, no one wants to fucking chance. Fuck Daniel Bryan. I hope he fucking dies. We're like, all right, buddy, pipe down back there. Take it easy. And uh oh god, like Kate uh was was super aggressive towards the people too. Like, like the second like people stood up, she's like, sit the fuck down. It was the, it was, it was the same guy, it was waterfall. Oh yeah! All right, waterfall. He was like a couple rows in front, but still blocked the vision. Oh yeah, guy was a douche. Shut up! All the fucking time. Yeah, for no apparent reason. But the uh, we got a great, we got awesome dark. We got to see Sunny Kiss team with Jay Lethal. We got to see Kevin Matthews. Uh, We got to see the acclaim. That was fun. Yeah, that was a Beach and uh, Brian Danielson match was uh, was awesome. I thought. Yeah, no complaints on that whatsoever. Uh, I got up to pee during the MJF Sean Dean match, not knowing what was going to happen, so I missed the whole CM Punk thing. But I heard it. Yeah, apparently that's like his his thing now. Like, as he'll make CM Punk, oh, he'll make MJF lose until he tries to fight CM Punk. So, like, uh, obviously MJF lost by disqualification. Uh, Winless, I guess, is the way to put it in this uh, in twenty twenty two. So. Uh, yeah, it 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 just makes 
it just doesn't I still have this mask on my chin. I didn't I just realized that. Um uh, I, I don't think it does CM Punk any favors like to come out and who was that? Doc was that Captain Dean? Yeah, Sean yeah, he, Dean. Uh, Sean Dean, who was a hell of a guy, hell of a talent. And just it just doesn't do him any favors like knocking somebody like that out. But I get it in terms of until MJF tries to fight CM Punk, he's gonna make sure C, uh, MJF loses every match he has. Yeah, and it's set up for Punk and Wardlow next week on Dynamite. So there's a there's a story there. We're going to get to Punk and MGF, I think, at uh, Revolution in March. So that'll be fun. Uh, we got to see Jade Cargill beat. You said you think you're going to get what? Punk and MGF at Revol- Revolution in March. You think we're gonna, you think we're going to get Punk and okay, yeah, all right. I thought you were going to say Punk and Wardlow. I mean, uh. MJF and Wardlow. When do you think that's going to happen? Probably after Punk and MJF. Yeah. I think right, leading so up to... Ch- I'm going to chime in with uh, Kate real quick. Yeah, Kate says his view wasn't any better standing. It was the exact same view because no one in front of him was standing up. He just felt the need to be a jerk. So there you go. Anyway. Uh, marking out says Punk MJF at beach break. Uh, you know what? That's a possibility too. You want to give us What's something big break? in a couple weeks? That's the uh January 26th edition of Dynamite in Cleveland. Wait, there's a there's an event in Cleveland called Beach Break? Yes, there is an event in Cleveland called Beach Break. All right. That doesn't make sense to me because there's no beaches in Cleveland, I don't think. I mean, te- the technically they're on they're close to Lake Erie, and I believe there's beach there. I guess. But yes, it is weird because when you think of beaches, Cleveland is the last yeah. place. So, yeah, it's definitely you, not Johnny Gargano's debut. So you think of beach break, you think of the shore, or you think of, uh, you know, Merrill Street? Yeah, or a beach somewhere sunny. Or no, Raquel Welsh. That is associated with beaches. Cleveland is the last thing I think of. Uh, what else did we get to see? We saw Ruby Soho, Jade Cargill, and I thought that was a pretty um, decent match. The finish was a little rough, that top rope spot, but overall uh, it was nice, and she had a nice moment with her daughter. I thought that was cute. I'm not super excited with Jade Cargill, but it is what it is. I... I think it was this was a mixed bag because I think we all knew once Jade Cargill showed up in AEW, she was destined for big things, no matter how polished or no matter how awesome she was in the ring. I think she's an incredible talent. I think she's an incredible entertainer, and they're gonna happen. Like some of these little rough patches are going to happen for her, but I just think that she one hundred percent deserves it. She's a she's. She's a, I guess we can say like a an Andre or a China or a, uh, uh, you know I don't know somebody else like anyone else. She's she's an attraction. She's one hundred percent an attraction, and putting this championship on her is was the right thing to do. And I had said I think like four or five weeks ago, uh, if my Wi-Fi was working, I said I said that uh she's gonna win this championship. She's gonna be the first TDS championship, and she was, and I think it's one hundred percent deserved. Uh, what else did we get to see? Uh, Malachi Black and Brody King, or Bob, uh, Jesus Christ, Malachi Black and Brian, Brian Coleman Jr. Brian King Jr. 
Brody Pillman. Uh, I don't like I don't like Brian Pillman Jr. I don't think he's very good. Uh, you saw you him never have. Off. No, he fell off the ropes a bunch of times. Uh, I don't know if that last spot was planned. This is when he slipped off the springboard and then just stood up and got his fucking dome kicked off. But I think the bigger thing we took away from the night was that rumors were circulating that we were going to see possibly a Brody King debut. Uh, they did the fucking lights out gimmick. Nothing. Nothing. Pretty disappointing. Yeah. So, so they just did the light token mixer. So like, Alistair Black just disappears out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, I so, guess so. Silly. I talk. guess so. And they did it during the main event too, which I thought was weird. Uh, that was the Lucha Brothers and the Jurassic Express. Oh yeah. Yeah, why did they do that? I don't know. And it seemed like they were setting things up because Malachi Black had uh, blasted Brian Pillman Jr. and was going to beat up Julia Hart. And then the Lucha Brothers made the save. Uh, And then the lights went out and then they came back on. There was nobody in the ring. So you're like, oh, but then you were like, oh, tag match. Maybe they're going to bring in Brody King then. Who doesn't want to see the fucking Lucha Brothers square off with Brody King and Malachi Black or Jurassic Express? express uh square off with malachi black and brody king and probably like halfway through the match they fucking flickered the lights and we all fucking stood up yeah he gave us nothing damn you tony khan they did give us new tag team champions though uh jurassic express uh beats the lucha brothers to win the uh AEW World Tag Team Champions and Phoenix suffers a horrific injury. Oh, this was it, Matt. Mark and that says the Lucha Brothers came out, then they went to the back and then came back out for their entrance, which was also weird. Yes, I agree. Okay. I agree. Um, so Lucha Soros throws Phoenix through a table and Phoenix lands on his arm and your arm is never ever 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 supposed to bend like that um and then uh you know obviously he couldn't get back in the ring and reports were from that moment on they kind of rushed to the finish and i read that what was what happened at the end of the night was supposed to happen where all the tag teams come out and kind of stare down uh Mm -hmm. jurassic express and i did not go back and watch dynamite uh that's one of the things i didn't watch this week but I don't know how it played on TV. But there, it was just weird, especially from where we were sitting, because behind us, Malachi Black was up there, Kingston was up there, Santana and Ortiz were up there. Um, I just I don't know how it came across on TV. Yeah, I didn't I didn't go back. It's funny. I actually went back and watched Rampage and didn't go back and watch Dynamite. I don't know why. I don't know what led to that thought process. But I went back and watched Rampage and not and not, not Dynamite, which is weird. Uh, I really like the tag match. I don't know what your thoughts were on that. Uh, yeah, and and I guess Tony watched it on TV, and he's not here anymore to say. He said that he, he said he didn't like it. I I loved it, and I watched it literally. I didn't want to come back to our seats to interrupt in the middle of the match. It's kind of like hockey etiquette, where like you wait for there to be like a dead puck, and then you go in. So I literally found two seats, two rows above us to the left, and I watched the entire match, and I had no issues with it whatsoever. Uh, marking out says it ended like West Side Story without the snapping. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was in West Side Story in high school. 
it was a weird ending. It was just a weird, I'm sure it played well on TV, but they're live. Uh, yeah. And then we got this, we sat through Rampage, uh, that horrific Jake Atlas injury against Adam Cole. Um, it was pretty rough. Um, yeah, but I lost my shit when Adam Cole came out. Everyone did. It's a fucking great entrance. You do the Adam Cole, baby. That's right. I was I was freaking out. I loved it. Uh, what do we see? Rio and fucking Ruby Soho against Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker. Yeah, right. That was a tension there. Yeah, there's there's dissension between that Cooley and uh, and Britt Baker. I don't get Rio. I don't understand it. It's just she got the she got her chance at the belt on Saturday. She did. She did. And then uh, Eddie Kingston and Santana and Ortiz uh, wrestled 2.0 and Daniel Garcia in a match that was absolute chaos live, and you saw nothing because yeah. it was all outside the ring. I bet it was fantastic on the TV box, though. Yeah, uh, I, I watched it. It was, uh, it was, uh, I, despite what I said about Eddie Kingston and, and my uh, dear good post personal friend Gabriel Kidd before, I love Eddie Kingston. I'll never say like, a harsh word about him. He's just the man. And uh, Santana and Ortiz against listen two point I never got. I like I didn't. They, they kind of remind me of like not just because of, they're from Quebec, but they kind of remind me of like the Rougeau brothers a little bit. Like, like just like just like they're there. Like they're okay. They're they're talented in the ring, but they don't they don't scream charisma. They don't scream like anything but the fact that they're putting this role with daniel garcia and the fact that they've been thrust into these positions with jericho with the inner circle with eddie kingston uh it's it's kudos man apparently a lot of people a lot of people smarter than me know uh know more about them than i do so it, i i enjoyed it watching it back on uh on rampage today and obviously the jericho eddie kingston thing that's uh we're on a collision course there so that should be interesting um and then we got Battle of the Belt Saturday night. Cody, uh, everyone thinks he has COVID. He wasn't medically cleared. So we got Sammy Guevara and Dustin Rhodes for the interim TNT championship, uh, which was a fan. I watched that today. Fantastic match. Yeah, it was really awesome. Really fun to watch. Dustin Rhodes has no right doing fucking Canadian destroyers from the apron to the <laughs> outside through a table. Through a table. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Holy shit. What's, um, what is his, um, his finisher is like the code red, but what, what is that a Canadian destroyer too? Cause I, mi- I'm like turned away for a second and I missed it. Whose finisher? Cody, like the code red. I mean, I that Cody, uh, Dustin, Sammy Guevara. Is, is, is that Sammy Guevara's finish? <sighs> I don't, like he red. does usually does the six thirty. Yeah. But there was something where the code red, which I thought was a Canadian destroyer, but then it's they form with a Canadian destroyer. What's that? It's a form of the Canadian destroyer. Okay, so then, all right, so then they called it the Code Red, and then when he actually did the Canadian destroyer onto the table, they called it the Canadian, Canadian destroyer. destroyer. I'm with Mark too. Oh, sorry, Kev, I don't mean to cut you off there. No, it's fine. I, I just don't, don't get Fuego in general. I don't get Fuego being there either. I get my balls busted on Wednesday night. Who hurt you? He's he fucking sucks too. It was stupid that he was there. He just came out from under the ring. What? No, he came. Did he come from under the ring or did he come down to just take a table out from under the ring? Whatever he did, it was fucking dumb. Uh, Mark and I said, Code Red is the sunset flip powerbomb spot. Okay, that's right. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't like Fuego. I don't get it. Uh, I don't care for him. With you. So, uh, yeah, he was under the ring. Yeah, marking out. Coming in hot. I love it. Thank you, guys. Marking out's a great podcast. If you guys are looking for another wrestling podcast to check out, uh, check out Marking Out. Just throw Marking Out in your uh, Google machine or your podcast machine. Uh, they do a great show, so check them out. They've been around just as long as us. Yeah. I think they have a couple weeks on us, to be honest with you. Monster podcast. Monster followers. Monster following. Give them a shout. And Ryan Sullivan, Matt hates fun. I don't hate fun. I hate Fuego del Sol. I hate Marco Stunt. I hate useless uh, performers. Those two are both useless. Uh, we saw Britt and Rio again. I just am not into Rio. Um, so I kind of was punched out of this match. Oh, and Matt Seidel and Ricky Starks. All right. So this is all right. So Battle of the Belts, the FTW Championship, we're now considering like a real belt that it's I understand if you want to defend it, but when you put it on a show called battle of the belts and that's, that's pretty much solidifying it as a real title. I but mean, not... we've seen it. We've seen it change hands. It's so silly. I look, I agree. I hate the, as an ECW guy, don't do it either. Don't fucking I'm not, say I'm it. not going to uh, do it because this is a different conversation. Uh, I fucking hated it when Taz fucking bought it out there to be the FTW champion, and then it was fucking defended, and fucking Sabu won it, and it was fucking dumb. And then they bring it to AEW. I don't like it either. Uh, if it's a reason to get Ricky Starks on my TV screen uh, to wrestle yes. Matt Seidel, I'm not against that. But I just yes. like if you're gonna be like Ricky Starks and Dante Martin are gonna feud over the FTW title, I'm like. Eh, I really don't care because it's a so like title. So we talked about like the the new the, the new Japan like the IWGP stuff. Like if does AEW are they gonna put like uh you know in title history? Are they gonna have a, a section for the FTW championship? Like let me see. Let's look FTW. No, nah, there's no. I don't even know if they have a a, a a title history on their website. Regardless, there's a title history on Wikipedia. All right. Well, Wikipedia. All right. <laughs> I mean, they're going to have everything. AEW website. What's the AEW website? AEW.org? <laughs> All Elite Wrestling.com. All Elite Wrestling. Oh. Let's see. A- AEW.nj.gov. Now, they don't. Now, in the rankings, they don't, they don't recognize uh, him as a champion in any of the rankings. All right. Only so, if they don't of- have the rankings for them, then it's not a real belt and hence should not have been. Defended on Battle of the Belts. All right, I you know what I don't I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Orange see Cassidy, you do hate Orange Cassidy, right? Uh, pockets, yes. He is not. Yeah, look on AllEliteWrestling.com. If you go to the okay. roster, he is not listed on the champions page. Boom, roasted. He is listed. Let's see. Does he have the belt down here? Uh, was this in alphabetical order? No, this is a no. Oh, first name. Yeah. <laughs> Usually they do it by last name. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's only one of the two. Uh, he it says FTW champion Starks on Team Taz. Yeah, I take this mask off my chin real quick. No, you're good. It says Ricky Starks FTW champion of Team Taz. But again, at the top of the website, he is not recognized as a champion. So, I don't. I'm with you, Kev. I don't think he should be you know recognized what? as the 
it, it, again, if it's a reason to get Ricky Starks on my TV, I'm not against it, but I'm not investing. If you're going to tell me there's a fucking feud over the FTW title, I really don't give a shit. Yeah. Or it's going to be defended in some sort of made up prestigious position on a show that's called Battle of the Belts. And that's one of the belts. It might as well have just been what the two matches. There was the uh, the women's yeah. title match and uh, and the initial TNT interim title match. So uh, post call it. Uh, post interim match, Daniel Garcia attacks Sammy Guevara, and it looks like we're going to get Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia Wednesday night on yeah. Dynamite. So that's pretty fucking cool. That was awesome. That was actually pretty well done. And and uh, listen, I don't think anyone believes that Sammy Guevara would ever have a chance to, in a real fight with Daniel Garcia. But they made it believable, so I like that. Yeah, and I think that match is going to be a fucking banger Wednesday night, so yeah. I'm excited for that. Kate says, it's a belt. It's not a championship belt, but it's a belt. Well, Kate, I got a belt in my closet, too. You don't see me fucking running around saying I'm the champion. Just holds my pants up. That's right. That's right. Goddamn, kid. Nailed it. Uh, so Wednesday night on Dynamite, Punk Wardlow, Hikoto Oshida, and oh, you know what I wanted to talk about? Before we move away from AEW, Tony Khan, stop. Stop coming out in between shows. Bro, he threw. First of all, I do. Every time I go, I've been to four AEW shows since since September. I do Joel Gertner ECW hands every time he comes out because he is like a fucking child on the screen. He's like this. Make sure you stay for dynamite. And then, then, honestly, it's not a good look for him with all the shit with the tweets going on when he is like, play the promo we didn't play, and they play the wrong promo, and he fucking freaked out. This wasn't on TV. This was like in between them changing the aprons from from dynamite and rampage. He's like, we just want, I just want to come out here and thank everyone for being a great (laughs) fan. Make sure you stay for rampage. We've got a great show. We, uh, we missed the promo for you, so we're going to play it from the truck. Uh, play the promo for the people. And they played the wrong promo. And he started fucking screaming like a yeah. child. <laughs> I mean, it's, look, dude. If he not- wasn't in front of the, the crowd, that, that would have been the same reaction that he would have had probably backstage. Yes, but he reacted like a child. Yeah. Well, I would, that. It happens, man. I'm telling you, it happens. But uh, that, yeah, it was very weird to see it. I was, I can't. I was gonna try to do a Tony Kyle, but I don't think I could have done it any better than than yours. Look, like <laughs> him freaking out, right? And then, like hindsight, like is it out of the realm of possibilities that maybe he like did a couple lines of coke before Rampage a couple weeks ago, and then saw that big swole thing and was like, "Ah, oh, fucking angry now, <laughs> dude." I part of me will never not believe that there's a lot of double negatives here, but you can't act like that unless he's just, I don't want to cast his versions, but dude, he looks like he's on Coke all the time. Yeah. He's a fucking mate, bro. Rich P's got more money than he knows what to do with. He literally does what you do with your Acura figures, but he does it with real people because he's got a bazillion dollars. And then he probably does some Coke too. And he's like, I'm going to make the greatest card ever. Yeah. And that's what happens I, when you have. I just want to thank everyone for coming out tonight. 
I want to thank everyone for coming out tonight. Oh, 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 ran, oh we, still have, we still have Rampage. Rampage is going to be a great time for all of you people. And then tomorrow, Battle of the... Take it, the promo! The promo! The, pro the promo! Play the, play the right one. Play the right... Oh, fucking maniac. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a nap right now. An absolute yeah. lunatic. But with that being said, AEW is still the favorite thing, my favorite thing to watch. Yes, absolutely. I just think there has to be someone there that's like, Tony, just, I know, come here. Boss, you gotta, maybe, maybe send somebody else out to do that. Maybe like Punk or, or Thunder Rosa or some super over baby yeah. face to be like, hey, make sure you stay. Tony Khan's got a great show lined up for tonight. Jim Ross, or, Tony Schiavone. Or hey, how about the how about the guy that you pay to do it? How about the ring announcer? <laughs> Something. I, I get that he wants to be hands on, but man, he. So I think uh, Mrs. Money was like, this. Does he have Aspergers? Again, I don't want to make. He might. He might have something like that. He might be on the spectrum for all we know. But he just, like, which again. It, but it just doesn't doesn't come across that way in anything that he does. So I don't know. I don't want to talk down about people that might have something. But no, to me, it just, I just want him to stay just, in the back, dude. His, his the way you could tell, like the, the the dilation in his in his eyes, like he's a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! Well, the week was not over, Kevin, because we were treated to a fucking gem Saturday night. Oh. Impact Wrestling. Hard to kill. Um, hot off of the Friday night news. We talked about it before we went to break with with Tony. Mickey James, she's going to be at the Royal Rumble. She's the Impact Knockouts World Champion. She main evented hard to kill against Deanna Perazzo in a Texas death match. Uh, the card was stacked, man. It was stacked top to bottom. Uh, transparency, I did not see any of the pre-shows. So I know Jake something wrestled uh, Fulton. Uh, Madman Fulton. Yeah, yeah and, I didn't watch uh, it. I didn't watch the pre-show either. And I know Mike Bailey won a four-way with Chris Bay, Laredo Kid, and Ace, Ace Austin. Austin. Look, I watch a lot of wrestling. They started with that Trey Miguel, Steve Macklin match. That opened the show. That that didn't open the show. What opened the show? Um, what opened the show was I know it wasn't that because I actually thought that was actually supposed to be on the pre-show. What opened the show was the X Division uh women's. Oh, match, yes, right? I'm sorry, you're absolutely right. The women's, you know what? Yes, I don't know why that's X Division I, women's match, but the ultimate X women's ultimate match. X, you know, because the that fucking uh because Steve Macklin and fucking Trey Miguel tore the house down. Yeah, and I love Macklin, I'm a big Macklin guy. And I love and Trey Miguel is just like he's gonna be the staple of that exhibition for a long time, unless. And the story was like, I don't know if you know, like if you're that familiar with what um, Impact. Well, you know what, well, Kevin, like, to, to to your point with MLW, Impact did a f fantastic job telling me the stories for these matches. Yeah. So with with Macklin and 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 Trey Miguel is that Macklin hadn't been pinned, hadn't been tapped, hadn't been anything like that, and there's been situations where he lost, but like. Uh, someone else was pinning like two people at the same time or something like that. So Macklin hadn't been pinned, hadn't been submitted. He may have lost, but he hasn't done any of those things. And, and the story, I was actually pretty close to picking Macklin on this uh, to win the belt. 
But then I thought this was going to be on the pre-show, on the countdown, which I think it originally was scheduled to be on. And I was like, all right, there's, they're not going to do a, a title change on countdown to the to the pay-per-view. So I went with with Trey Miguel. And uh, and now the story is better. Now Macklin has a, a chip on his shoulder. Now he finally got pinned. He finally uh, lost a match. So uh, so now it's going to further this story about Macklin being like just the super like bitter chip on his shoulder guy. Yeah, great match. Uh, the women's ultimate X was awesome. A lot of great talent in there. Tasha Steeles, Alicia Edwards, yeah. Chelsea Green, Jordan Grace, Lady Frost, Rosemary, uh, Savannah Evans gets involved. Havoc gets involved. Yeah, uh, awesome. And, uh, we, we talk. We talk about the the uh, Will Osprey uh, moonsault. Uh, Lady Frost had a tremendous uh, winter's. Uh, I think it's called the, the the temperature drop. I believe it's called, and uh, she did a nice little moonsault off the top. I, I like you and me both had her winning this match. I thought they may do the, like the rocket strap uh, for her, but I have no problem with Tasha Steeles winning it. Uh, great, entertaining match. Of course, nothing is perfect. None of these matches are perfect, especially when it's the first time that this is the first time that the women have been in a Ultimate X match. So you can't imagine it to be hitting on all cylinders, but it hit on like ninety nine point nine percent of them. So absolutely. I, I absolutely love this match. Yeah, this match was uh, awesome. Uh, how dare we forget uh, Tom Hannafin, formerly known as Tom Phillips, uh, replaces your favorite guy, Matt Stryker. All right. So, <laughs> all right. I don't hate Matt Stryker. I just hate him on commentary. That's all. And you know how many times Tom Phillips said our sport? I'm going to guess zero. I'm going to go ahead and say a goose egg. If not very close, he didn't say goose egg once. And Tom Phillips, it's his job. I understand. So I'm not going to try to go nuts on him. But he was so the, the fact that he knew everything he knew about the entire history of impact and what was going on. I, I get it's his job. He has to do that. He has to prepare. But it just like as a as a watcher, as an audience member, it seems so seamless. Like he was the commentator for impact this entire time. Yeah, he stepped he stepped right in and he was awesome. Fucking oh, he did an awesome job. Uh, you know what else popped me, Kevin? The fact that we got to see Ian Riccoboni and Bobby Cruz for the Ring of Honor uh Pure Rules World Title match. All right, let me ask you this, Matt. Why was the Ring of Honor World Championship fought under pure rules? Because now that Jonathan Gresham is the world champion, he said he's going to defend the title only under pure rules. He can make that decision. Yes. All right. Then I'll allow it. So, so that's so that's the way final battle ended when he was in the ring, and uh, Ring of Honor's future was in jeopardy. And we'll of course talk about that. Oh, that's right. Oh my God, I'm such an asshole. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. He decided he's going to defend the title everywhere, and it will always be under pure rules. So he's wrestling. Check this out. He's wrestling Two Cold Scorpio this weekend for GCW and it will also be defended under pure rules. He's defending it against Blake Christian at Hammerstein and he's defending it at Terminus against Josh Alexander. Oh, Mamacita. In a pure rules match. So, uh this fucking Gresham Chris Saban match was awesome. Ian Riccoboni fit right in with these guys. Uh it was so nice to hear his voice again. And I know Ring of Honor TV is still on. I just after final battle, I'm like, what am I? I don't. Yeah. I, I, I'm not watching. You're showing me shit, but there's nothing. I mean, obviously today we got great news, but yeah, before yeah. today there was like, what am I? Why am I going to watch this? 
you know and uh ian riccaboni and like so ian riccaboni and tom phillips or tom uh hannafin are both play-by-play guys but they made it work together with d'lo like in this match like they knew like it seemed like they've been working together forever too so like i like a big part of this was the commentary and the match was great don't get me wrong the match was fantastic chris saban jonathan grasser how could he go wrong but just them like going back and forth with each other like I think Tom Hannafin is fits like a like a glove baby with impact. He could fit any yeah. he could fit anywhere, but I loved it. Yeah, I, I think the same thing with Rick Abani. I think this is a steal for them to get Tom Tom Hannafin. It's great. Yeah. And I hope Rick Abani does uh I hope Rick Abani ends up somewhere full time too. I really, really do. Well, I know he's doing the New Japan strong stuff. Right. And I know he's doing GCW for the Ring of Honor world title. And I'm I'm pretty sure he's doing Terminus too. Oh, beautiful then. Good on good on Jonathan Gresham and Baron Block then for bringing him in there. Yeah. Uh Josh Alexander Jonah was fucking awesome. Yeah. It's what you needed. Holy out of this shit. Year. What a fucking match. I yeah. loved it. I loved everything about it. Physicality, just uh I mean, if Jonah was gonna lose, he had to have he had to tap and he had to just get like it had to be the most hard hitting match. Like this is like what I wish like we talked about with uh uh, Gabriel Kidd and Eddie Kingston. This was like, like this was like a hard hitting match, but there was also like moves and there was story and there was, and this and that. And I, I loved uh, Josh Alexander taps out Jonah, and uh, and it was awesome. Yeah, great, great storytelling. Um, the ten man hardcore war was what it was for me. It was a brawl, right? Whatever, I enjoyed it. But my favorite stuff was what happened after. Of course, and I want to. I, I want to get to that, but I also want to dissect like like war games, like all this stuff. Like the order of entry is always so. It's so important, and like you'd know how to tell the story through the order of entry and uh, the way that they did it. I thought made perfect sense. Joe Doring being the last one out on the on the heel side, but with Rhino being the last. The story is Rhino and Eric Young. Right, like that's the story. Yep. And uh, but then you have the Good Brothers, and you know the. Willie Mack and uh, and Rich Swan and you had Heath and Heath like coming back after all these after all this time uh, being hurt. I loved it. I thought I, I thought it was the perfect time for the match, and I thought it was I th- I enjoy I enjoy it. Like it, it broke up the monotony of like a pure match and uh, you know uh, you know good wrestling match with Josh Alexander and Jonah. I thought it was great. No, absolutely, I agree. And then post match. Uh, OGK comes out of the crowd, Bennett and Taven. They attack Rich Swan, Willie Mack. They're beating up the faces. Here comes fucking Vincent. Then PCO shows up. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then Bennett and Taven pull Maria Canellis out of nowhere. Fucking awesome. Awesome stuff. I wonder what the thought process was with how they and who chose and how these four guys were chosen. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to guess they are going to be part of ring of honor when they restart. Okay. And but I think, in terms they're of- gonna, I think they're working a ring of honor invasion angle here with impact. Oh, wrestling. Um, that maybe culminates at this big ring of honor show. And I'm hoping that we get, and it might be to a lesser scale with ring of honor as opposed to AEW, but I hope we get out of this invasion what I wanted out of the AEW invasion, where it wasn't just a sole 
motive. It wasn't just Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers just to just to be there. I wanted to be like a full fledged like Ring of Honor verse impact like invasion i want i want people i want like caprice coleman coming i want even riccafani throwing blows i want i want uh you know you know uh mandy leone i want roxy i want all these people coming in there just fucking throwing down like that's what i want out of this and it, it, i hope it's not just these four i hope there's more in store for this i want kenny king i want shane taylor i want all these people in there yeah i think it'll be very interesting to see where it goes i popped it was fucking awesome it was awesome. Any uh, in the the smart wrestling fan, the smart mark, and you were you a little weirded out by seeing Vincent and uh, OGK and then at the same time fighting for the same cause? Uh, no, I was I was surprised to see Vincent there, but I I liked it. Okay, I'm with you. Like because I think I think uh they're they're out there doing their own thing. They're righteous, and I think that could all come back. Like he could come back with Dutch and Bateman. Yeah. Like maybe that's a thing. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'm like, I'm intrigued. I'm going to try and watch impact Thursday night. Um, Cause I know I Do think you have this, access TV. I don't have access TV, but I have the impact app. So maybe I'll watch it uh, over the weekend. If I can find time. Cause I think they set up. Uh, I think Roxy Diana is the match Thursday. On, on impact. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I think that's the match. Um, after this, we get the three-way for the Impact World Championship. Uh, this was also fucking awesome. I know you didn't get the outcome Woo. you wanted, but the Woo. Woo. The match was awesome. Morrissey looked like a star. Moose looked like a stud. Cardona looked like a stud. The Chelsea Green stuff was great. Like this was a great match. Matt, they killed it. This show absolutely like you said it in a tweet. Like I think it they killed it on all levels and this was just this was the this was the men's world title match it deserved to be second to was it yeah it was second no it wasn't was it second yeah it was second to yeah. the to the women's to the texas death match uh incredible stuff and for any all my matt cardona haters he makes everyone look great looks and not that moose needs it not that william morrissey needs it but he just ah loved it i'll watch it again and again chelsea Shout out to Chelsea, uh, who uh, took the bumps and bumps and bumps. And after a match, already having a match, uh, loved it. And then uh, we got our main event, Texas Deathmatch for the Impact Knockouts Championship. Mickey James retains over Deanna Parazu. And I thought that was, uh, you know, we talked about it before with Tony. I thought, I honestly didn't think she would walk into the Rumble with the title. But now she's definitely has, has to. Yeah, she has to. And I think if that... I wouldn't be shocked if once they, Mickey James and WWE came to terms on her appearing, I wouldn't be shocked if they called an audible. Uh, maybe Deanna Prazu was supposed to win this match, but then once this happened, maybe they called an audible uh, to have Mickey just to have this belt around her waist when she walks to the ring and have them announce Impact Women's Champion or Impact Knockout Champion. To me, it's just what? like. I also like the idea of her and Tasha Steeles. I think that could be a really fun program. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. Tasha's to the top heel right there, and uh, other than Deanna. So, and now, now where do you, now where do you go with Deanna now would be interesting because she could, oh, the, the rock, it's not, it's limited, but it's not lack of talent, if that makes any sense. 
Like, let me let me ask you. Let me just. I'm gonna throw a hypothetical out there for you, Kev. Arguably, Deanna Prazu's been the best women's wrestler in the last year, maybe two. She's up there. She might be the last. She she might be the best women's wrestler in the last like three years. You can make a case for her. She was the champion. Like she said it last uh, on Saturday night. It's the first pay per view she's walking into without being the champion. For impact. Repeat that. Repeat that for me. She said it Saturday night. Hard to kill is the first impact pay-per-view that she's walking into when she's where she's not the champion. Mm. Yeah. Your ring of honor. Roxy is clearly young. It's a great move to put the women's world championship on her, right? Uh, she didn't get a great response at final battle. We were there live. People really wanted Willow. If oh. You are in a position, you know, they announced this restart for April 1st down in Dallas uh, for um, Supercard of Honor. Is it out of the realm of possibilities that Deanna Perazu beats Roxy for the Ring of Honor World Champion? And now she defends the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship through impact up until the restart. Wow. All right. So... Diana, you're saying in your head, Diana beats Roxy. Now the Ring of Honor Women's Championship is defended on Impact until this proposed battle of the brands takes place at at Final ba- or uh, Supercard of Honor. So you you could. It, so you have so you have Mickey and Tasha. They're going to do the program, right? Ring of Honor is going to restart. They've done all this work. Maria Canellis has done all this work to rebuild the women's division. Kate said it right here. I think Roxy is going to the WWE. So I do think that she yeah. did have her tryout, right? I agree. So I agree with not, Kate by the way that I think Roxy is going to WWE. Why not put the? Why not have Diana Peruza Perazu? She's going to go work AAA because she's still the Reina de Reina's champion. And you can get the Ring of Honor women's title out there. Why not have her be part of the restart? All right. So your your objective is to have Deanna Perazu as a catalyst for the restart as opposed to maybe a homegrown Ring of Honor person beating her on that show. I, I You know what? I don't know if I would take the title off of her at that show. Maybe I'd let her run with yeah. it. Let her be yeah. the Ring of Honor women's champion. Yeah. I mean, right. I'd have to know more about the ring of honor after Supercard of honor to to have a, a like i don't know whatever my opinion's worth an opinion on it um i think she it, if she if she's the if diana perazu is the ring of honor women's world champion at the restart like that gives it credibility yeah no well, i mean i think i think ring of honor has its credibility no matter what now the now again we don't know what the hell's going on with them so it's 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 hard to say one way or the other but if you think that th- these four guys Vincent, Taven, Bennett, PCO and you think Diana and that's a pretty good base uh, don't forget you also have you, you also have Gresham is still defending the yeah. Ring of Honor World Champion. And Bandito is also claiming to be the Ring of Honor World Champion because he never lost that. And I think that's going to be your main event of Supercard of Honor. It's Bandito and Gresham. Yeah. So who is – is Josh Woods still the pure champion? Josh Woods is still the pure champion, but my understanding is that part of the relaunch, this was reported this afternoon on Wrestling Observer Live, so take it with a grain of salt. Brian Alvarez is reporting – 
that Ring of Honor is going to focus on the men's and the women's world titles and the tag titles. That's it. So the the so the pure championship will be the pure championship, the TV title, and the six man may go dormant. All right, but will they? This is tough. This is tough to handle because those are a lot of championships that just go dormant and not be completely ignored, especially when you have. So if Jonathan Gresham is defending the title on the pure rules, you're kind of combining those titles, right? All right. And then if you're, I don't know what this, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Like you, you keep saying, we'll have to see what happens after Supercard of Honor. It does this turn into, are they doing TV tapings? Uh, or are we just doing super show to super show type deal? Like, so that eliminates the TV I championship. Guess, yeah. And the six man. I don't know. So why wouldn't I, mean, I don't again I really don't know enough about the the subject to to broach a guess here but like why wouldn't these why would if they're having all these other championships being defended somewhere else why wouldn't they have like has has Shane Taylor Promotions defended the six man tag belts? They are not the six man champions. All right, who the who the, oh uh, uh the righteous. Oh, uh righteous yeah. yeah. All right, so yeah, so all right, so Vincent showed up without the righteous it, it could be right. also the, yeah. old, the old school thought of having your champions be touring champions. Which I love. I, I really do like it. Like to me, like when I, when, when I found out that these belts were going to be defended on impact, I was like, you know what? That means something that carries weight. Like it's John Gresham for yeah. Saban. Like these belts still mean something. Yeah, absolutely. Look, the Briscoes are doing it with the tag titles. Right. And so, and Gresham and Roxy right now is she's going to defend the title. So, I mean, she was at the pay per view. They showed her during the Mickey James match. So, I don't know, man. I'm excited. I'm super happy to wake up to the news today that, that they have a super card of honor and it's announced for April 1st during WrestleMania weekend. So, it's a good sign. In Dallas, we're actually where the pay per view where Hard to Kill was. I don't, yes. I don't think it's the same venue though. No, no. They're going to be at the, uh, uh, the Curtis Cowell Center in Garland, Texas. How many people does that? Help? I mean, I'm not. I'm not I, don't, I don't. I don't have that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's got to be. It's got to be larger than what Impact can. Yeah, probably. It's gonna be. You know, super. Even though stuff. those, even though those camera shots from Impact, it actually looked like there was a lot of people there. So. Yeah, I think they had a full house. So uh, yeah. That's it, Kev. That's all I got for you, buddy. I don't really ask. There, uh, Braun Break, Braun Breakers, your NXT World Champion. Yeah, I didn't see it, so I can't really comment on it. I didn't watch it either. It was New Year's Evil, right? I didn't watch it either. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Which is a shame. I should probably watch a lot of other stuff, but I watch a lot. I watch a lot this week, baby. You and me both, man. I jumped into some pro wrestling Noah today because uh, I wanna I wanna kind of get acclimated with that. So I watched. About two hours of the show they ran on New Year's uh, New Year's Day. So uh, I still who's the biggest that. star that Noah has right now that, uh, that I would know. Muda. Oh, Muda. Oh, yeah, duh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, fuck, I don't. Uh, Ultimo Dragon was on the card that I I am watching. Okay. And he was in an eight man tag match, and he was fucking awesome. So I'm not super familiar with the pro wrestling Noah guys. So uh, check back with me in a couple weeks because I'm really gonna. I'm really gonna dive deep into this. I will. Um, 
we're doing I'm doing something special tomorrow afternoon, two o'clock, if you're listening to this live. Uh Matt Taven is gonna join us. So me and Kevin are gonna sit down and talk with Matt Taven uh for probably like half an hour. Um that works. half an hour, forty minutes. It'll be uh live on the YouTube. Uh it's gonna be a YouTube exclusive and then we'll drop it as a podcast a couple days later. So uh two PM, right? Sure still? What's up? Two PM still? 2 p.m. Yeah. So make sure you're following us. You're subscribed on YouTube. You'll get the notification. We're going to go live tomorrow at two o'clock with Matt Taven. And I set this up last week. No idea he was showing up in Impact. Uh, so he's on NWA. He's on Impact, Ring of Honor, Restart. We've got a lot to talk about. So we're going to have Matt Taven with us tomorrow afternoon uh, for a little afternoon delight wizard style. So, uh, you know, take a break from your day and uh, join us at two o'clock next week. Lunch we break, have, baby. Uh, who do we got next week, Kevin? Oh, what about green witch time? I don't know what that is, Kate. Uh, next week, we have the tag team TSF joining us. You'll, If you're familiar with AEW Dark, Dark Elevation, you'll know them. Uh, the 24th, Jazzy, alpha female. She's going to be joining us to promote uh, her promotion. Um, serious? Yes, I believe it's serious. Serious, yeah. Uh, over in Germany, they have their show coming up in February, so she's going to be joining us. And then uh, for all you old-school Ring of Honor fans, North Jersey guys, Northeast guys, the SAT is joining us February 7th. Uh, Whoa! Yeah, so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I didn't know that. Joel, Joel and Jose Maximo, right? Oh, that's when your earphones weren't working before, Kev. Oh, something was it. My Wi-Fi, something must have been awful. Oh, my God. That's so... These guys are legendary. Yeah, so we got a lot of uh, good stuff uh, lined up, and and if this the afternoon things goes well tomorrow, there might be a couple more, uh, you know, sprinkled in throughout the next couple weeks just to uh, give a little more content and get a little more eyes on the Shining Wizard. So if you're out there, you're listening to this, you're hearing this, uh, please share, like, subscribe, rate, tell your friends at Wizards Podcast on all forms of social media. Uh, we'll be back next week, uh, Kevin. Anything you need to promote? You got any comedy or anything coming up, brother? I'm pretty much retired from that for now until uh, maybe until 2022, uh, 2023, if you will. Uh, so, but follow me on uh, Twitter at Kevin Garifo. That's K-E-V-I-N-G-A-R-I-F-O on uh, Instagram, even though I haven't been posting a, a lot at all uh, at, um, at Shining Wizards Kevin. So thank you very much. Follow the podcast on all the, so at Wizards Podcast everywhere you can find us. And we'll be back uh, next week with another episode of the Shining Wizard Wrestling Podcast. Until then, be kind to one another. Take care of yourself. Stay safe. And we'll see you next Monday night.